Welcome to another live stream, everybody. Um, today it's our 11th episode of our ADV podcasts. But I would like to ask all of you out there to quickly just signal to us whether or not you're receiving the feed or not. Um, I think they're good. Okay. Because I'm seeing it out of the corner of my eye. Okay, fantastic. I got to bring something really important up before we get into our topic. You sure. broke your chair, dude. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm driving too that. fast. Kind of looks like a driver's chair. Well, uh, we have to, before you bring up what you're going to bring up, we okay. have to talk about this. We're going to be talking about uh, how the Chinese government is actually encouraging and asking people to dox, mm-hmm. to actually dox, to go after and reveal personal details of anyone who's involved in these these protests. But we'll get into that after this message. After this message, this is not a sponsorship. This is a uh, de-sponsorship in a way to let you guys know that um, you guys know CGTN and CCTV is the state mouthpiece, state media of China. Yep. And what they've done is on our most popular video, which was the last one, last stream that we did, yeah. was claim uh, a small clip that we had used, even though it was fair use, Yes. Uh, where we were talking over it and explaining it, um, even though it's public media, public sure. news. And it was a manual claim, meaning yes. that they actually had someone in the Chinese government go after our videos. And it was not just that one, by the way. No. Go after those videos and say, hey, there's some CCTV, CGTN comment, uh, content in your, in this video. We're yeah. going to take every bit of revenue from that yeah. and completely shut you down. But your episode can stay up. So they don't care necessarily about our message. <laughs> no, <laughs> they just want the money. Actually, no, it is. It's a it's a. It's a gag tactic. They're it trying is. to shut us down. Yeah. So you know how we include little clips of footage from uh, Chinese news and stuff mm. in our podcast? It's what we do. Every single one that had a small clip from using s- stuff off of the state media, CCTV, was manually claimed. Mm-hmm. So we're actually going to dedicate a whole episode to this, probably our next or the following one, mm-hmm. where we're going to show every single time CCTV has used without permission our footage and of course hollywood movie footage and whatever else just to show the absolute hypocrisy that yeah they can steal whatever they want but if someone uses a small clip out of their news they go out and try to shut you down and try to you know gag you for hundreds of billions of dollars of state-run media company for a company like this it's kind of the audacity to try to claim like 50 or 100 dollars for themselves off of this obviously (laughs) goes deeper than that yeah so uh, we just wanted to let you guys know that Anytime, and we're not going to stop using no. using content, right? We have to commentate on certain things. We're not just going to keep running B-roll in the background. It's absolutely going to have the opposite effect. Instead of sh- uh, shutting us down and stopping us talking about uh, the various things that they that we want to show you, we're actually going to be louder about it, and we're going to be showing you all the copyright claims. We've got all the uh, you know emails and all the things, so we're going to actually broadcast it even louder out there to all of you guys. So a message to CCTV, CGTN, and Global Times. I hope you guys like the spotlight. Yeah, it's coming very hard, and you know we're not in it for the money. So even if you do demonetize us and deplatform us, uh, that actually just is going to make us louder. So well done. Thank you very much. Um, okay. Shall we go on to what's new? We have good news and funny news today. Oh, dude, we have the best news for what's new today. Uh, If we can switch over to our uh, video feed. My man, Wendell Brown. You guys have probably known that we have talked about him so many times uh, just because he was a very paramount case in the detention, arbitrary detention of foreigners. Why don't you run through very quickly the history of Wendell Brown's story? Uh, He got into uh, a bar fight. Mm -hmm. Who is he, by the way? Well, he's an ex... I don't know. He's not really NFL. No, no. He's like a pro player. Though. Yeah, he's kind of a pro college college yeah. pro player. He went to China to teach sports. I've got a video where I interviewed somebody who pretty much did the same thing, but with basketball. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
This happens a lot. You either become an English teacher or you end up doing like sports training. Mm -hmm. That's kind of what foreigners end up doing. Maybe some kind of music thing or whatever, but it has to be something that a local person can't do. I actually live next to a Chicago Bulls ex-player who was teaching basketball yeah. in Huizhou. Yeah, basketball and American football, mm -hmm. that kind of thing uh, became very popular a few mm -hmm. years ago in China. So what happened with Wendell Brown is he went to a bar and what has happened to most foreigners, he was... <laughs> harassed by local people who were drunk who mm -hmm. wanted him to come join their table because um, it's kind of well-meaning most of the time. They want you to come join their table because they want face. Mm. It's, it's all about face. Look at my foreign friend. Yeah, and like, look, yeah, even a foreigner's with us so they can take pictures and they yeah. can have the foreigner sitting at their table and they will buy you free drinks. And I'll be honest, there have been plenty of times that this has happened to me where I was grateful. I enjoyed it. It's mm -hmm. been, it's fun. It was a blast it's, in the beginning. When, when you're there in the beginning to be invited over to a table and drink sport for you and you feel like really important and stuff, mm -hmm. you know, um, it's awesome. But the problem is when this starts to happen every single time you go out, sometimes you just want to have a quiet drink with your friends yeah. or just by yourself. And when a rowdy group of people come over and try to force you over to their table, you kind of get annoyed. And that's yeah. what happened with him is he was mm. like, look, I don't want to drink with you guys. And uh, it escalated and the, the guys were so upset and they lost so much face. They started to throw beer bottles at him. And so a scuffle, you know, broke out. One of the guys got injured and uh, Wendell Brown got arrested. The other guys got off scot-free. Wendell Brown ended up protesting because they wanted hundreds of thousands of uh, RMB. Yeah, it was blackmail. Yeah. And he refused, so he went to jail. He ended up paying that money anyway. Yep. And, and three years in jail. Got off. Uh, he had a four-year sentence. Yeah. One year early for good behavior. Yeah. Now, there's some more details about this. Um, his story was that he was just defending himself, and he didn't actually strike anyone. Yeah. The guy that was injured, right, mm -hmm. he claimed he had a permanent eye injury. Turns out he didn't actually have an eye injury. All right. Um, so you know how this happens. Like in China, it actually doesn't even matter if someone is injured, but if you are injured or you can get like a hospital or a police officer to write on paper that you were injured, then the money goes to the roof and you take all of the blame as a foreigner. It's like that guy who defended his mother against a taxi driver. Yeah. Remember? He had yeah. a deaf mother. Deaf mom, yeah. And, and so and she Hunan. couldn't yeah, she couldn't understand what the taxi driver was saying and so he was harassing her and pushing her around and stuff and he came and he to defend his mom, pushed the taxi driver away and mm. he fell down mm. and then he just went up and 30 then, days in jail yeah he got arrested and nobody knew where he was and yep. his mother was distraught and all that kind of stuff because the taxi driver claimed like massive injuries and stuff anyway off point here what we really want to do is we really want to say a massive congratulations to wendell brown mm. go out there tell the world your story yeah. it's important for you to actually warn other foreigners in china as we always do to stay out of any kind of conflict yes because it doesn't matter how much you love china it doesn't matter how much you understand China. You gotta understand. Yeah, you're gonna find out that when it ever comes down to a kind of a conflict like this and you're a foreigner, you could be the biggest touter of Chinese culture and love for China and speak Chinese fluently. It doesn't matter if it's an us versus them thing, mm. you will always be on the losing end. And this is a very good example of just how bad it can get. Right. Yeah. Well, congratulations, Wendell Brown. He's out and yes. he's back in Detroit, back home. Awesome. I'm interested cool. to see some interviews coming out about that. Yeah, that'll be interesting. What yeah. else do we have and what's new? We have a, a very funny bit of news. Okay. What's that, a black screen? A black screen. The funniest <laughs> thing I ever did see. All right. Chinese relatives marry, divorce 23 times in home scheme. Run us through this real quick. Okay. Now, this this basically it was to take advantage of a loophole. Mm. It was one of these. There's a small village, 
and you would get a free uh, 40 square meter apartment as compensation if you lived in that village mm. because you know it's a typical thing where they're going to go develop the land mm. so they gave it so they found out that through marriage if you have a wife or something they would also get a 40 square meter <laughs> apartment so this family basically intermarried Right. 23 intermarried and divorced mm. 23 times in order to get all these free apartments it ended up with crap like a guy marrying his mother-in-law then marrying his sister-in-law and then divorcing her then marrying his niece or whatever and you know like all this crap pretty so, much sounds like a subcategory on like porn hub it's absolutely ridiculous so everybody and then like what he did was like one guy married his ex-wife that he's been divorced from since 2011 so she could get a free apartment mm. then they got divorced and she married her ex-husband another one so he it's could a get a free love, dude. so basically yeah. um you had a ton of people getting these free apartments right um and just the one family alone marrying right. and divorcing 23 times dude i would have married him for a free flat i mean look this goes back to what we've been saying from the get-go. You have a certain category of, uh, well, a certain generation specifically of Chinese people. These are the grab hags. Mm. <laughs> these, these are the people that'll go. You have to actually patent that. I'm not even joking. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely the, that's what I'm going to call this generation. These are the people that will go in and take every last shrimp off of the plate in the buffets and stuff. And when they find a little loophole where they can get something for free, you bet your bottom dollar they're going to exploit it. And this is a very good example. For sure. Yeah. Divorce has become exceptionally easy in China. Um, yeah. And it used to be so difficult. And that's why China, you know, historically had such a low divorce rate. Number one, familial values. You can't mm. lose face with the family. Yeah. But number two, it was very, very hard. You can literally walk down to the divorce office. They have a divorce box in the marriage office. Some of those, they said with that case, some of them, they got married and divorced on the same day. What? How does yeah. that even? How is that even allowed? Well, they got married, then they went to do the paperwork for the registration for the whatever wherever they live, and then they went back and got divorced on That's the same day. That's absolutely brilliant. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, they try to put in effort, like a lot of laws in China, to restrict um, how often you can buy and sell houses. Mm. So I don't know why that didn't affect them. I think it's five years you have to wait, or you have to pay like no, double the, tax or this something. This is not buying houses. This is getting a it's free just a apartment. free one, yeah, right? It's, it's like government housing. Government housing. Gotcha. If you prove that you're like a resident of that. That village you can get it i gotcha so you know the thing is remember quite often in the conversation that comes up in my videos and your videos and here is we often say how important money is in china it's actually it has now superseded family to become the number one important thing in mm -hmm. life and this is a good example of that you know you you would rather marry and divorce your mother-in-law <laughs> Okay, it doesn't, so mean they're, get, doesn't mean they're like intimate. No, of course, but like... Well, maybe. Just, it's legal. If you can say that, oh yeah, I married and divorced my mother-in-law so I could get 40 square meters of free concrete. Um, can you imagine doing that? It just shows you that money um, and materialism is more important to you than than having a good solid family sure. unit. Honestly, yeah. I thought this was more fun than anything it else. Is, it, it shows is. you the, the loopholes that people will actually exploit. There's there's um, another one similar in the news, which I didn't research enough, but I was just looking it over about some, some couple, a single couple that got married and divorced 43 times in the last three years uh, or something. So we're, we're going to look into that one. It's yeah, similar. For sure. Mm -hmm. anyway. Cool. Let's uh, take some super chats. Yes. Let's... All right. Like here you. I am. Somebody in uh, chat was like, DM hasn't appeared yet. Well, here I am. <laughs> Feast your eyes. Okay. Uh, Mods Jada, our boy. Yay. Right off the bat. He gave us, this was like half an hour early. He's been waiting. Uh, that Australia-China thing sounded interesting. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So, Australia is actually looking into the meddling that China's doing in mm. their affairs. A little too late, yeah. my opinion. You're actually going to do a video on this, right? Yeah, you know, I've said a couple of times, 
to that I don't know a lot of people get angry when I say that Australia belongs to China but there's a reason why I say that and that's because it's actually you know for the most part true mm. Um, just the way things have been going over the last couple of years, Australians have not noticed what's been going on. Mm. So there's a bit of a shock to some Australians. They're like, how dare you say that? That's not true. But if you look at it from an outsider's perspective, someone who has no stake in Australia itself, right. it's very easy to see how the South Africa, uh, sorry, what am I saying? South Africa, same place. Your bias is Australian um, media and Australian real estate and uh, Australian politics have all been taken over by, uh, you know, Chinese influence yeah and it's something i am planning to make a proper video on i'm not going to sit here and speculate i'm just going to show you some concrete examples yeah kind of speculate um, like the chinese people doing on housing in australia <laughs> yeah um i'm just gonna you know with without trying to make enemies here what i'm trying to do is and the reason why i say that statement is i want the average australian person to just wake up and to acknowledge what's going on there and to Stop being such patsies when it comes to this kind patsies. of thing. Yeah, just just uh, letting themselves get walked all over. Because I have absolutely nothing against um, Chinese people going overseas and buying real estate and participating and being a part of society in a different country. But when it's done in an unfair, ridiculous manner that's just over the top and taking the piss, I have a problem with that. It doesn't matter where you come from. Sure. So. Well, I just I my personal vendetta here. My problem with this is when you know, actual CCP officials and rhetoric and politics enter a free Western democracy. Sure. And that's that's an issue, sure. you know. But we will be, uh, I will be making a video. Mm. It's probably going to be my next video uh, for okay. next week. So, cool. yeah, stay tuned. Sweetness. Let's do one more for me, Bob. Yeah. Uh, the next one is from Mods Fajada as well. Oh, okay. He said, could something change the minds of the CCP for the better? Uh, um, well, I mean, their minds are, it's not, I think this is an issue I have. Yeah. And thank you for the question. But a lot of people are under the impression that the Chinese government is just unaware of how the, w the way the world works. It's unaware of how other things work, right? And it's absolutely not the case. The CCP, the delegates, the actual party members are not these idiots sitting around circle jerking, right? No. For lack of a better word. They know what's going on in the world. The reason the oppression happens, the reason these policies are enacted is to enact a situation or to build a situation where CCP officials retain their power. Because as much as a lot of really dumb YouTubers or speculators in the West think that Chinese people are very, very satisfied under the current leadership, they've never been given another option, yes, right? Yes. So it's kind of like, yeah, do an analogy, right? Right. It's kind of like feeding uh, rotten cheese to a, a mouse in a cage, right? Yeah. And it just learns to accept it, right? Right. And it's not that it's it wouldn't prefer a better cheese or some nice mouse feed, right? Sure. It absolutely is just getting used to it. It's Stockholm syndrome yeah, in a way. Mouse right? feed. So yeah. So the CCP officials, they're not going to have their minds changed because their current mindset is to literally keep themselves afloat and alive, right? Yeah, sure. So yeah. Yeah. The only thing that might change their minds honestly is if they like lose some of that power yeah for that's sure all. they might have to capitulate a little bit but who knows that's uh, politics you know we'll we'll talk about that at some other time sure let's Thank uh, you. let's move on to our next segment shall we so this is soft power hour the main segment of our show and what has brought this up is um well some developments that have been happening mm. recently but something that's been kind of a, a long-running thing in our lives, personally, for quite some time now. So let's bring this up. I want to show a little, little something, something over here. Um, it's coming after the blank screen. So anyway. dark. Okay. okay, can you just pause it there for us? 
for a second. This is a, a website called hkleaks.ru. Mm -hmm. um, it was originally .org, but it got taken down because of uh, anti-privacy privacy laws or something. But Russia doesn't care about that. No, no it's, uh, <laughs> of course, it's a loophole there. Um, but the reason we're putting this up there is uh, on September 18th, uh, CCTV actually put out on their official Weibo account that, well, they basically put out a video encouraging people to unmask the um, Hong Kong protesters and reporters by doxing them. Mm -hmm. Now, the thing is, like, I would expect something to come out of, like, a Chinese version of 4chan or something, hkleaks.ru, maybe a bunch of wumao trolls that really want to screw over these Hong Kong protesters that do not want to be part of China. Yeah. Now, my issue with this is it's literally the government taking to social media and posting a doxing website and encouraging citizens, brigading real citizens, mm -hmm. this is the government we're talking about, to literally post addresses, uh, workplace, phone numbers, Facebook, social media accounts, mm -hmm. uh, relatives, yeah. all this information, and they're congratulating people for doing that. And the problem is innocent people are getting caught up in yes. this, of course. And when mm -hmm. I say innocent, anyone shouldn't have their, no one should have no. their personal information no. put out there because it makes them a target of all these rabid nationalists mm. who will really go out of their mm. way to try and get these people fired, uh, cause grief for their family, harass them, things like that. It's it's really, really crap. The fact that it's government condoned mm. really, really worries me. Yeah. And there's a lot of speculation. It's not really speculation. It, there's proof now that, that uh, the government's involved in this doxing as well. Yeah, so this um, one dude, right? Yeah. Uh, he was a Hong Konger, yep. peaceful protester. Yep. Had never been arrested for anything. He was detained for five hours at the Chinese border, and the cops went through his phone. What were they looking for? Well, let me explain. This has been happening a lot lately. Uh -huh. um, the security, especially between Hong Kong and Shenzhen, yeah. has ramped up significantly lately. When you cross the border before, um, you know, it was still a big process. Mm. But, you know, you have to go through, first of all, your customs thing. Um, recently, within the last year or so, they've introduced uh, fingerprint collection. Yeah. Yeah. So you have to go... First of all, if you don't already have it in the system, it's your first time. You have to go to these special machines mm. for foreigners and uh, you scan your passport and they take your fingerprints. Then you go through the actual customs thing, which is literally just a guy there who yeah. looks through your passport and stamps and whatever. Sometimes they, if they're a bit curious, and it's happened <laughs> to me and a few oh, yeah. people, they'll take you off into another room and question you further. Three times for me. Yeah. But now... When you pass that, you have to go through another set of machines, which you have to, again, scan your passport yeah. and put and your like hand print. There's like a progress print. bar. Yeah, you have to put your hand print, and it takes your photo and everything. So it's kind of like uh, three steps there. But mm. then there's another thing where you have to line up and go through a metal detector yeah. and do all that kind of stuff. This is mainly to try to catch people that are smuggling things in sure. and out of Hong Kong, because it happens a lot, and for security reasons. But now they've added even a fourth a different one where they've got like a little glass booth with people watching and looking for any suspicious activity. And it seems to be in this section where they're grabbing people a lot. They're looking through their phones. Mm. Um, they have lots of, you know, people seem to think, oh, it's fine. My phone's got a password on it or it's like fingerprint. No, no, no. No. They've got technology now where they can plug like a little USB thing into your phone and it can extract data out of there. And they force you to open it up and they look through your recent pictures and your social media. And if you've got pictures from the Hong Kong riots or protests, whichever way you want to say, they call them riots, other people call them protests, it's somewhere in between. Um, if you've got pictures of the protests in your phone, then they'll start to really question question. What's you, your right? involvement? What are you doing there? What are these pictures of? And this is what happened to the guy. Mm -hmm. And he told them, listen, 
All these pictures of the protests are legal. These people got permission to do these From protests. The cops, There's nothing yeah. illegal here. Right. It's all legal protest pictures. And then they asked him to like sign a document, write down his address and all that. And mm. he purposefully gave them a false address. Now, this is the only time he's ever used this false address. He gave these cops that were looking through his phone a false address. And on this doxing website, his address is listed as that false address. Right. So it shows some com- some compl- complicit you know, behavior. Here. I mean, I don't know why that's even shocking, though, because literally CCTV went on Weibo and made everyone do this, right? So it already we already know it's government-sponsored. Yeah, yeah right? correct. Uh, but yeah, that's absolutely insane. So this whole doxing thing is going crazy. And now, you know, this is the kind of, other than military intervention, it's a way to scare people I, from I, actually going. I have to really tell you just how devastating this is can you roll the clip some more um this has become such a thing now that uh, we'll we'll see in a second um this this footage which uh, i actually included in my previous video where it's coming it'll get there there we go here's a woman filming all of the hong kong students these are kids yeah these are you know schoolgirls who were lined up they did this kind of human chain thing yeah it was a silent protest and she's filming every single one of them so that she can dox them and, you know, like put their faces online to say these these are the the children. That, the traitors. The traitors who were involved. This this is a pro-CCP woman doing this, apparently. Mm. Um, this is the kind of nasty behavior we're starting to see. And it seems to be ingrained in Chinese culture. I have to say uh, it obviously is. It's part of the old communist system where, you for know, sure. if you um, rat out your neighbor for you know, being suspicious or something, you get rewarded, you know, right. that kind of thing. And this is what we've seen personally. So now we're not talking about some weird, oh, it maybe happened to another guy thing. We're talking about things that's happened to us personally. I mean, you're literally looking at 14-year-old school children that are having a peaceful human tra- chain, Yeah, yeah. holding hands in protest of the potential handover of Hong Kong to China, which they have legitimate concerns over. Yeah. Whether you agree with their concerns or not, yeah. you have a fully grown woman yeah. walking around, filming them, mm. completely complacent, totally like, uh, you know, calm disposition, sure. going around like that is her thing, That that's her right. She yeah. should be able to do this. Well, right? she's being encouraged yeah. by the state media right. in China to do that. She's being encouraged by the rhetoric that's going on, and everyone else is too. They feel completely like they can act with impunity. I also think there's like Mm -hmm. a very, very big social uh, reason for this to happen, Mm -hmm. right? Number one, you got nationalism, you have the the people supporting people to do this, right? Driving them to do it. But the number two thing is that something that Hong Kong people value very much versus mainland people is privacy. Yes. And mainlanders, you can take politics out of this whole conversation, Mainlanders do not care about privacy. No. At all. No, no, no. I mean, obviously, there are certain things they do care about, like exactly inside their house. Of and course, their, of course. Personal but, matters with their family. And sure. Stuff. But yes, in general, that's why I've never had trouble filming in China. Right. I walk around on the streets with my camera. People don't. I've never once had someone come up to me and be like, hey, uh, you you're filming me? You know, right. what's going on? The cops, never, on the other hand, is different. Yeah, it's different, but people don't mind. <laughs> no. And that's also why companies like Tencent mm. and so on have been so successful is because when they have an app that requires access to your microphone, your mm. camera, your GPS location, your bank accounts, your every single thing, everyone's just like, sure, go ahead, because they know They're it's like, a why, useful why app. Why do these crazy Westerners care so much yeah, about Yeah, why this? do they care about that? But then you get like a... 
uh, a Westerner coming in and they install WeChat and they're like, wait a second here. Why I, is it asking me for my credit card number? And why does it have to always access my microphone 24 hours a day? <laughs> you know, they have issues with that. Whereas right. in China, the, the, the whole like, privacy thing, this is really a result of so many people living so close together. Yes. And it's something that you realize, like, I don't give a crap about well, my privacy a, in China. I got photographed and filmed all the time by locals, too. It's also the symptom of a mm. one-party state as yeah. well. Because, you know, the the common response you'll get from mainlanders mm. when you have a conversation about privacy is, well, I'm not a bad guy, so I have nothing to worry about. Yeah. They don't understand the slippery slope, the actual escalation sure. of what this means, surveillance state. They don't think about that, right? Yeah. It's just very convenient for me. Now, back to the doxing thing. Um, this is why individuals have seen it fit to attack our wives in particular mm. um, and go after their places of work yeah. and try to get them fired right. and in fact try to get them arrested yeah um for and, treason yeah for treason and stuff and you know here's the thing that uh it's very difficult to understand this mindset because you know even if i really really hated someone mm -hmm. really really disliked them okay let's just say um i don't know some random dude who's making videos attacking me all the time sure right and I find out where his wife works or his mm. girlfriend works. The last thing on my mind would be to phone up her boss and make up stories about her being a spy or, you know, that she's a national security threat or try to, you know, frame her in some way to get right. to get back at the guy. It's just not something that I would ever do because no. it's not part of my system. But in China, that's what people do. They attack the family in order to stop you know, I'm talking about the old communist mindset, mm -hmm. and that's what's gotten into the whole system here. Is if you want to silence someone, go after their family because sure. people can be martyrs, right? right? Like somebody could stand up for human rights, and he doesn't mind whether he gets sacrificed as right. as a result. But when they start to threaten his children and involved. his grandmother and right. things like that, that's because of China's close familial ties. Mm -hmm. That's when that's he will he will stop. And so it's very successful. It's a very successful sure. tactic. Mind if I mind if I chime in real quick? Sure. Yeah, sure. I want to ask on that same note because I I was thinking about, at least in America, I've seen it, where this whole doxing thing it it leads to kind of a snowball effect. I think of people getting further and further radicalized. You know, like here in the U.S., let's say you had that like Charlottesville rally, and there's some kid, some like 18 year old who was at the rally, and then he gets doxxed, and then he gets fired from his job, can't get into college. And then that kid is like, okay, well, I guess I will become a full-blown skinhead now because I have no other life anyway, and everyone already treats me that way. So I'm. it makes me think in Hong Kong, especially like, especially because that it's come out like police are doxing protesters, protesters are doxing police, and it's like this vicious cycle. And especially if you're a young person like that, and on top of with like China's social credit score system that they're gonna introduce next year, I believe, is that people are almost like, once you get down to the bottom of the social credit system, it's like you're not even really incentivized to climb out of it. You're like, well, I guess I will just become a career criminal at this point. So I'm wondering if doxing these like school children and then making it so that they can't do anything with their future all you're doing is radicalizing them even more to be, that's when you get them being like hard, making little cells. No? no, no. no? Really, two, yeah. two things let's, on uh, that. Two things on that. Yeah. I have a very quick thing. Yeah. It's very simple. Um, the Chinese government is using tactics that will work in mainland China, yeah. right? So when you use these tactic, tactics of doxing and threatening family members, ruining your future and stuff in Hong Kong, they think it'll have the same effect. They're thinking with that mainland mindset because it does work 
on mainlanders. Mainlanders yeah. will shut up yeah. if there are docks, if they are threatened. Yeah. It doesn't work on Hong Kongers. So yeah, they are using the wrong approach. Yeah. Also, what you're talking about, uh, you were talking about like the Charlottesville thing and all that kind of nonsense. That's different because in the West, when people go out and do something, they stand for something. It's an individual risk. It's like they will stand up and they will either be, you know, right wing or left wing or whatever it is. And when you go out in public, you know that there's that risk that you are now, you know, taking a stand. So those people will get doxxed, perhaps. And it's very unfair. Any any doxing of anyone, doesn't matter left or right, is crap. If they get doxxed, they may lose their job. They may lose their reputation. But their grandmother's not going to be at threat. You're not going to have thousands of people online uh, swearing and calling for the death of their grandmother and their children and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's a very, it's apples and oranges. You can't actually compare the two. Um, we, we might touch on that whole idea of radicalization, but that's not going to happen in Hong Kong. It's the opposite. It's not going to radicalize somebody. If somebody gets doxxed, all it's going to do is hurt their family and hurt them and put them under the spotlight and uh, shut them up, really. You'll actually see a lot of interesting Mm. PSAs coming out of Hong Kong right now. Mm. And a huge theme is like, uh, let's say a little girl, Mm. she's in school and her parents were protesters, right? Yeah. Then it starts affecting her and then the school can't have her in the school anymore. And it's all about this familial devastation. It's about this, uh, you know, this shame. I can't go to school. My future is ruined, all this kind of stuff. So that's actually the fear, right? Whereas that kind of fear is not exactly present in western society no, like you different. said it's the individual thing yeah right? it's it's basically um, yeah it's very very different a there. very very good example and i think we're going to hit on this in the next episode we have a massive huge story uh, yeah. about you gotta understand china and yeah. something that happened to him yeah um and we're trying to figure out all the facts get everything straight yeah we don't right? want to jump the gun on this but but it's very yeah. much tied into yeah. that it's it's tied into the fact that it doesn't matter how much you love China, how much you give China. If you just make one little mistake, you yeah. can instantly you can become be an enemy and yeah. you, you will be attacked in the same manner as we have. But back to the whole thing is this doxing of uh, individual protesters and reporters is is despicable. And I think anyone with a rational mind would agree that this is not the correct way to do things. No. You know, if you want to... Um, have a protest against people saying certain things, then just say the opposite, organize your own things, you know? But the, pr- the problem here is that this is state-backed. Mm-hmm. It's okay? not free will. And uh, unfortunately, what you're doing uh, is, well, what you're seeing here is because it's state-backed. Anything that's state-backed in China inevitably leads to people doing bad things, mm-hmm. right? Because they feel like, this is what my country wants me to do. They condone it, so I'm just gonna do it. And then they step over a line. Mm. You know, um, and I would like to just bring to focus to everyone out there that uh, there's a narrative right now in mainland China saying how bad the Hong Kong protesters are. Look how violent Mm. they are. Look at them. They destroy property. They burn things. They're terrible. Let's for one second just remember what happened not only once, but three times that I was in China where we had those anti-Japanese riots. Mm. Okay, I was there when normal, these same people that are like, oh, these Hong Kong people are so terrible. Those same people were running around smashing Japanese shops. Overturning cars. Turning, setting cars on fire, all right? Just burning randomly flags. burning, yeah, doing everything. Just destroying and being absolutely, you know, those were riots. Yeah. You can look up the anti-Japanese oh, riots. Oh, we saw those firsthand. I saw 
personally, three of them happened while I was uh, in China. Two of them I saw with my own eyes, and mm -hmm. I saw some pretty awful stuff. And a lot of people, innocent people, were affected. You know, just driving a Toyota, mm. and they'd get their that car smashed. China, the yeah, smashed. The whole, you know, whole supermarkets and stuff were looted and destroyed. Yeah. And you can just look it up. A sushi restaurant that's started and run by Chinese people, staffed by Chinese people, mm. attacked, looted, burnt to the ground. So, um, you know, it's it's this ridiculous double standard thing that's going on yeah. in China. Um, and and it, it actually just makes me sick. Well, you know, you know why that is. It's very, very easy. Like they, they don't mm -hmm. care that there's violence or there's uh, vandalism and stuff like this because it was anti-Japan. What yeah. they see Hong Kongers doing is it's their own people going against them. It's self-sabotage. Yeah. And that's what they're being fed. And that's a poisonous, poisonous idea. Yeah. You know, there's not, never going to be common ground. Yes. And it's unfortunate when, um, you know, people are stripped of their identity because Hong Kong people have their own identity. Mm. And this is something that I think a lot of the nationalists don't understand mm -hmm. in, in mainland China is that Hong Kong people are their own people. Um, for a hundred years, they've been separate from mainland China. Mm. They've developed a completely different culture. They've developed a different way of life. They've developed a different economy. You know, they've lived under different laws. And so when you go up to somebody and you say, hang on a second, you're not who you are. You are what we say you are. Right. Um, it's it's incorrect. You can't you can't be like that. You know. Well, because the government tells them what they are. Yeah, exactly. It's this is what's causing a lot of this trouble. Is that everyone's like, "Are oh, you Hong Kong dogs? You just have to bow down to your masters. You are one of us. How dare you say you're different?" That kind of thing is kind of the rhetoric going along. And it's it's very unfair to rational people. You see, at the end of the day, the people who are losing on all sides here are reasonable, normal people. Yes. All right. And this is why I side with the Hong Kong protesters is because other than the uh, people that are, you know, violent and throwing petrol bombs and stuff, which, you know, we can't say for sure that they're 100 <laughs> percent protesters. There are apparently all sorts of false flag events going on, but I'm not going to speculate too much on that. The majority of people remember two million plus people marching on the streets peacefully okay that's a huge portion of the population those are reasonable people mm -hmm. those are the people that i stand against i don't stand with the people that are spouting hate people that are you know espousing violence and i'm talking about both sides here okay and when i see the comments and the reactions coming from the mainland chinese protesters it's always full of hate Mm. There's never any brotherly love or any kind of a nice message coming out of anything they have to say. It's always hate. And I refuse to stand on the side of hate. I agree. There's yeah. never reasonable demands. There's never reasonable arguments. It's no. like lick the ass of your master stuff. Yeah. It is not like, here's our demands. This is our reasonable request, right? We're going to mm. protest peacefully until this happens. No, 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 no. It's like, you piece of shit. You're our dog. You're a piece of shit. You should be. Yeah. You're not different than us. Hong Kong is better. always a part of China, which yeah. is actually not true because it wasn't, you know, for a hundred years. Yeah, it was, you know, leased out or whatever you want to say. Right. But uh, you can call the the people ethnically Chinese, but it it is and was different. The new thing that mm. the the government's doing and the the anti protest movement is doing is saying that they have been brainwashed now by mm. Western powers and now they just want to be a puppet state of America which is just insane to me. Yeah. There was no one calling for this kind of stuff 
you know, when they were under British rule or even under Chinese rule before all this stuff happened. Yeah. They have their own identity. Yeah. They're Hong Kongers. They speak Cantonese. They have their own cuisine. They have their own culture. And they have their own legal system, just like you said. So yeah. this is not about being a puppet state of one or the other. But the government is just literally plucking everywhere, trying to find common ground for all these mainlanders to, to brigade against them on. Sure. And it's really pissing me off. Yeah, so here you have a bunch of uh, people who are seriously under threat from not only, uh, you know, violence and reprisals and things like that, but now doxing, state-condoned doxing, where, you know, having experienced that personally, mm-hmm. um, unless you have a very thick skin, it's devastating. It's, it's, it's already bad. It's absolutely devastating. Yeah. So when people start attacking your family and your place of work and stuff because you have an opinion is when you, you know, you just really have mm. to be strong. And uh, I feel for these these poor people that are now at the, the receiving end of all that crap. For sure. Yeah. All right. Anyway. Super Chats. Yeah. That's that's pretty much it. That's Super Chat. All righty. So Cesario JPN, our boy. I feel like we get the regulars. It's starting to feel like cheers in here, like where yeah. everyone knows your name. Uh, so, are the Chinese just taking from the playbook of Western SJWs and vice versa? Someone argued in another live stream that I watched that Western SJWs are just subverting the cultural revolution and modernizing it to fit them. Uh, I'd say no. They're not stealing, or they're not just taking from the playbook. What they're seeing is like what is working, what yes. attributes yes. of those SJWs, as you guys say, yeah. uh, techniques, right? Yeah. What attributes work? So they're now pulling the racist card. Oh, they love to say you gotta, racist. Got to get rid of the yeah. T at the end. Yeah. That's Race- <laughs> racist. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. If they, you know, people in China are not concerned with racism. They don't give no. an absolute shit about racism. No, because right? I mean they're they're pretty racist themselves. Well, and it's culturally acceptable yeah. right and it's a fairly totally homogenous fun. country yeah right? you can but, say what you want about people from wherever you want in china it's kind of normal right but they see mm-hmm. western media they see people getting super triggered and super upset about this word it's yes. really affecting people so now yes wow ccp's like we can use this yes. this is gonna mess them up and it tears people apart oh yeah i mean look just like the little housing thing we talked about where they found this loophole and they were like, let's divorce and marry. It's, it's the same thing. They find out, oh, what's, what seems to work? What shuts people up? Just like you say, call them racist. Mm. Call them white supremacist. Right. You know, and then they use those two terms like now all the time. Mm. And that's why I find it laughable. Every time someone says that I'm racist, I love it because it just proves my point. Right. It's like, okay, you can say that, but that doesn't actually mean anything. It's not an argument. No. You can't, if by calling someone racist, it's not an argument. No. And it just immediately exposes that the person saying that has the lower ground. They actually have no leg to stand on. So right. they, they resort to that. That's their little bag of tricks. They start throwing these words out at you to try and stop you. And I'm immune to that word anyway. I so. will say, though, it has devastating effects on people that want to have a stance on China, right? So yeah. when you talk about human rights abuses in the concentration camps in Xinjiang, when you talk mm. about the doxing of Hong Kong protesters, yes. when you talk about the absolute insanity with some of these policies enacted on the Chinese people, yeah. as a Westerner or even anyone from any other country in the world is now maybe even a little bit scared to post that opinion online. Dude, that's why Australia belongs to China. Right. Okay, it's because everyone there is afraid of being called racist. Right. I mean, I made a video um, saying how the local Chinese like uh, diaspora in America are being affected badly by, you know, like intimidation mm. and stuff. I made a, a video that's Supports championing them. and supporting. I get called racist. 
Like, you know what? It's absolutely ridiculous. Well, that word's going to mean nothing at some point. Well, it point. does mean nothing. Yeah. And, you know, that's the whole thing. Is like, as soon as people stop being afraid of being called racist, and actually you should wear it as a badge of honor, because if you're being called racist, it means that you have compelling arguments and that you actually are on the, the side of, you know, right in these kind of things. Because Except for actual racist. Well, yeah, of course. They should actual, have a new word. Yeah, we should come up with a new word for actual racist. But right. if you're being called, like, arbitrarily a racist and you're not a racist, you know it means... Not that you have stood up for something and that you're on the side of rights. So it's good. It's a badge of honor. Hmm. Seek it out. I mean, the, the irony, too, is that a lot of those things that you could would be criticizing China about their policies are in themselves racist. They are like yeah. literally ethnically replacing <laughs> yeah. the people in Tibet, right. you know. So then you know, it's like a catch-22. You can't call them racist or else you're the racist. Do you know why? I have, an, I have an answer to you. Because the people, the 56 minorities in China, mm-hmm. the Tibetans, the Xinjiang people, it doesn't matter if they have their own identity. They're just Chinese. So they're, they're not racist to themselves. They yeah. think they're not being racist. Yeah. It's just our people. Yeah. I mean, it is one of the most discriminatory places in the world. And not not always in a bad way. You know, mm-hmm. it's just that Chinese people are. They they think, oh, northern people are this. Oh, southern people are this. Yeah. People from <laughs> Yunnan are this. Right. They, they are. It's all about discrimination. Like, you know, they, oh, look at that stupid northerner, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. They always have something to say. Um, so it's quite common. And that's why it's kind of laughable when you get them calling, you know, other random people racist because it's, dude, like pot calling the kettle black. Be, be careful, you know, don't don't say things like that unless you want it said back to you type right. thing. You know? Wait, so does that mean since they proved that English is descended from Chinese that we're just another variant of Chinese ourselves? So yeah. that we can't be racist because we're just talking about bingo, other Chinese, right? Bingo, the world is China. I was going to say too that um, I were speaking about borrowing techniques and going back to how they were saying that the Hong Kong people have been brainwashed by the West. You could easily make that argument against them. You could say, oh, you were you the China was like brainwashed by the Russians to be communist right. or something or even North Korea. Like if I'm not wrong, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the whole reason that North Korea became communist is because they were occupied by Russia, yes. by the Soviets after World War Two, because it was a Japanese colony. Yeah. So then clearly they were <laughs> influenced by the I don't North Korea wouldn't have turned communist if it wasn't for the Russian occupation. So you could easily I don't think China ever makes that criticism against them. Well, I have another another way to, to prove this. Mm-hmm. Well, China didn't take communism from Russia because it's not communism. It's socialism with Chinese characteristics. There's always a very convenient twist on everything. Yeah, it is. It is. But uh, yeah, we can go on about this forever. That's a good question. Uh, let's hit the next question before we go to our next segment. All righty. Uh, our boy Dion Chapman gave us 50 Australian dollars. Thank you very much. Said, here is a super chat so you can have a supper chat later. P.S. Winston, friend me on Facebook. Please to talk about cars. Yeah, man. Uh, I actually replied to your message through my Serpents at A page. I apologize to people who send me messages there. I only ever get to go through that, that like thousands yeah, of messages, like once every couple months because it's it's ridiculous. And most, unfortunately, most of the, the questions sent to me there are like, hey, I'm about to go to Shenzhen. Uh, right. Can you recommend something cool to do? That's the whole point of my channel is like, I've got all these videos out there. You know, you can, you can look them up. But um, I saw the pictures of your... You're IROC, and it's awesome, and I'm looking forward to talking to you about that um, in the near future. Thanks, mate. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Guanxi? Yep. So Guanxi Corner is where we normally talk about relationships or doing business or, you know, anything to do with connections in China. So what's our... Uh, what do we got today? Our question today, Ian. Yeah. All right. So 
Ivan sent this. It was from Instagram, actually, this time. At AV Podcast. At AV Podcast. If you want to send your own question there. Let's see if my freaking phone can pull it up. It will. Oh, my gosh. What a time to freeze, huh? <laughs> I'm going to have to close the app. Um, so how are you guys doing? How's, that ch- <laughs> how's the chat, huh? You guys having fun? <laughs> All right. Here we go. Uh, so Ivan sent this on Instagram. He says, I'm very worried because I'm living in China now with my wife and her family, but my Chinese mother-in-law was sick and went to the hospital and the doctor told my wife that her mother has cancer, but my wife and her family refused to tell me to tell my mother-in-law that she has cancer. Sorry, that was a big run on sentence. Uh, they just tell her that she has the flu and must rest more. I'm upset and I want to tell her but I don't know what to do. So basically, mother-in-law has cancer. Same thing we've covered before, where the family just doesn't tell them. They just think, right. let them think that they're sick until they're going to croak. This is way more common than I had anticipated. I'm sorry um, about that, dude. We, yeah, look, first of all, it's it's a horrible moral situation to be mm. stuck in. It's it's a quandary because, you know, if you, at least if you have Western morals, you feel like it's the person's right to mm. know that they have cancer. Um, and in fact, it's it's interesting you brought this up because remember, um, we went to dinner with some subscribers mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago, and one of them uh, is actually a doctor. Mm-hmm. And she was talking to my wife and actually asking her a little bit more in depth about, you know, the whole the whole way China deals with this kind of thing. And actually, by by law, or at least what they're taught in medical school, my wife was saying what they're taught because, you know, my wife's a doctor. Um they're taught that you should tell the patient. It's your duty to tell the patient. But this is one of those situations where Chinese society overrides the rules. And this happens a lot, actually. Mm. Okay. Um, and what happens is the family wants to know first. You, if you tell the patient and the patient dies, they will blame the doctor. Mm-hmm. Now, there's a big problem in china which doesn't get enough press and that is all the doctors that get attacked Mm. and murdered i'm not Mm. just saying they get slightly attacked they go get stabbed they get Mm. beaten to death this happens a lot it happens way more than you think and that's because there's this mentality in china that if you send your your sick relative to the hospital and they die it's the doctor's fault and it's usually because in china there's a whole um, culture around accepting money Mm -hmm. so if you're going for surgery or even to give birth, and we know this because it's happened to both of us again, we're not just pulling this out of our ass. It's something that's happened to us. Mm-hmm. My wife went for surgery, and part of the whole thing is like there's a hongbao. Yep. You know, your wife giving birth, there yep. was hongbao. It means money gets given to the doctor in charge. And the more money you give, the better the operation is going to be or the better taken care of you're going to be. And it's become part of the culture so much so that when I told my wife I refuse for this to happen, she said, no, look, it has, it's just, just kind of like you just do it. You know, it's not because we want the better, like she. There's a very, yeah. very, very easy way to explain this. It's exactly what happened in the Soviet Union. A doctor's position in China, a medical position in China is not privatized. It is state yeah. run. It's yeah. very, very poorly paid. Yeah. Very, very low salary. So if you were not to receive some sort of incentive, yeah. you wouldn't be able to have a very decent life. So there's taxi drivers that can pull in more money than yeah. some doctor in a third tier city, right? Yeah, it's true. So this is the, the symptoms of a one party state is when you state control everything, this is what happens. You have to get home bows. You got to get red packets of yeah. bribe money. And the thing is, people don't actually care. They, they're more than happy mm-hmm. to do it because, you For know, sure. to be honest, if you do get surgery or anything in China, it's incredibly cheap. Yes. So it's kind of like a little 
make you feel a little better about yourself by giving money to the physician to yeah. be like, well, at take least they, they're going to take care of me a little better. So that's kind of what happens. But a lot of people blame the um, the doctors. Well, because it's a bribe, right? So yeah. you're like, they're definitely going to do a good job. There's also a huge another big problem with that is the lack of medical understanding. So yeah. when they go into for some complicated procedure, you said surgery, right? Yeah, Let's yeah. say breast tumor. Yeah. They go in for that breast tumor removal and there's complications or the cancer is already spread in the body. Mm. The the people growing up in rural Guangxi or Hunan or something, they don't understand how that works. Yes. They're like, doctor, you screwed up, you're too late. Yeah, you know, exactly. It's your fault. It's your fault. So you're dead. Yeah, so that's what happens is when people die, um, the families get irate, yeah. which is kind of normal, but right. they blame the doctor. They can't seem to accept that it's just happened to be that person mm. was sick and they're going and kill them. Or at least they attack them or something. Or the nurses. So what happens with this kind of cancer situation that you're talking about here is there's a belief in China, actually in the West too, there's a belief that if someone has a terminal disease like cancer and you tell them about it, they worry so much that they worry themselves into an early grave. In other mm. words, the knowledge of having cancer actually takes away hope. It, it causes you to die quicker. Mm. So they don't want people to know. So what they'll do is they'll just like this situation say, oh, don't worry, grandma, you just got the flu. Here, rest a little more here you know, drink hot water, you'll be fine. And then they think that they can prolong the, the patient's life that way, which is not really always the case. Yeah, I mean, if we're gonna cap this off with advice, mm. my advice is you gotta, I really don't like calling cultural difference, mm. but this is one of those cases where your kind of uh, righteous belief, your righteous Western belief may be correct for you and for your culture. Yes. But in this scenario, you have to let things play out and let the family deal with this because yeah. as much as you'd like to believe, you're not actually part of the family. Right. I, I actually I had this exact thing. Yeah, you did with the tobacco uh, uncle. With tobacco uncle, who's like, a, I've <laughs> never seen the more the personification <laughs> of tobacco. He might as well have been a living cigarette. He, he was. He looked like a cigarette. <laughs> you know, he looked like an a ashtray. Is probably a bit more. Anyway, this He's guy four packs a day. Yeah, he would just constantly smoke, 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 and those cheap like yeah, really crappy uh, subsidized yeah. cigarettes. Um, and he got throat cancer, mm. and the family refused to tell him, and he just He just died. had a cold, right? <laughs> yeah, he just got sick, his hair was Shit. full now, he was just terrible, and he died. And I saw this happening in front of my eyes, and every time we went for a family meeting, he looked worse. Mm -hmm. And they didn't tell him. And for me, it was a huge issue. I, I felt bad, because if I was terminally ill, I would want to know, right? But you're a Western. Yeah, because if I found out, oh, you've got like three months to live, you bet I'm going to go and do some wild ass shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes, yeah, I absolutely. would do that. I wouldn't be like, oh, I'm going to penny pinch. And, no, I'd be and, driving off on a dirt bike in the Grand Canyon with a parachute. Yeah, doing all sorts awesome. of crazy stuff. So uh, for me, I, I felt it very difficult, but I didn't intervene. Because at the end of the day, you you do have to respect the the different culture. You gotta understand China. Yeah, yeah, you gotta understand. And in this case, just like Seamilk said, I would not intervene. No. I would just let it play out. I'm and, glad we agree on yeah. that. Yeah. All right. You have to. Yeah. Cool. All right. So let's move on, shall we? Now it's worldview. And uh, don't explain what worldview is anymore. <laughs> this is where we talk about things going on in the world, Wait, especially usually about China. China. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, we actually have some uh, some uh, interesting stuff. Yeah, here, yeah, so some good stuff here. Let's let's run this in the background here. So, what's happening in Serbia? Serbia. So, I mean, let's not get into too much history, but we know Serbia has never been one for like fully transparent democracy. All right. Serbia and China actually have a pretty historically tight relationship. Right. Okay, China's taken Serbia's side on a lot of things. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of led one very state heavy-handed country with another very heavy-handed state interference or influence kind of collaborate <laughs> yeah, 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 right? sure. interference. Right. Well, let's say we can say interference yeah, yeah, here. Okay. 
So what happened is uh, China has instilled a bunch of police uh, under the guise, Chinese police in Serbia, under the guise of being, oh, they're just here to help the misunderstandings between Serbians and the Chinese tourists, right? Mm. Now, I say guys because this is not the first time that China's done this, mm. and they end up with a lot more jurisdiction than initially promised. Sure. Not that Serbia is protesting this. No. To be fair, I mean, they're well deep into the Belt and Road. Sure. Um, they're fully endorsing this kind of stuff. But yeah. you've seen this happen in South Africa, sure. right? And it initially starts as, well, they're going to help kind of integrate the Chinese people living in South Africa or the tourists from making foibles sure. in South Africa. And that's just not the case. Well, let's 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 see what's caused this. I mean, I know Serbia now has visa free travel yeah. mm-hmm. for Chinese tourists. So they've yeah. seen a massive influx. Yeah. And uh, to be honest, I don't think most countries are are, are actually prepared uh, <laughs> for what's coming because, you know, seriously, yeah, like I understand. China. China is still, when it comes to traveling, Chinese tourists are not very well traveled. They don't mm. really understand. They can't speak other languages. They're stuck to Chinese. They do not understand basic etiquettes that you find. That's why you get all these ridiculous stories all over the world about, you know, Chinese tourists doing bad things. Yes. Okay. Um, so when you've got visa-free travel, you're going to have tons of Chinese tourists coming there and just running amok and doing mm. all sorts of crazy things. So they need needed people there to liaise and to mm. fix problems and to, you know, basically help out. When the Chinese tourist does something weird or gets lost or doesn't understand something, they supposedly don't have any actual um, judicial power or anything. You know, they just, that's, that's what, what I you said. I don't, I, I don't want to speculate, but let's mm. be honest. Uh, what what I did find pretty insulting was the, the South African Chinese police thing where they were bringing in um, Chinese police to train the local police on how to attack like deal with crime which is ridiculous self-defense right yeah self-defense and stuff because south africa is way more experienced they should be teaching the other way around yeah you know if you want crime specialists you just come across any south african well they can go there and teach them how to bitch slap each other because that's usually what happens anyway the thing the thing is what what i found really um annoying was that they were doing this so that they could help the chinese people in south africa they were Mm. setting up actual task forces and stuff but the chinese community in south africa is so small it's such a small percentage of the population that it's kind of insulting you know that they would go out of their way to bring in chinese police just to help the chinese community that's you know? why i don't want to be too cynical about mm. this but at the same time you got to be kidding me yeah. if you think that china is going to go send over hundreds of police officers to belgrade in serbia just because they want tourists to have a better time well absolutely not for now it's only like six or eight police or something oh and no you didn't see they're, they're gonna scale it up oh they are yeah okay. there are already talks about making this a big thing Okay. Well, I mean, I stand corrected, but look, I always like to look on the bright side of okay. things. Um, I think it's quite ridiculous to have like a foreign police force in your <laughs> country patrolling your streets. I've always found that to be a little weird, um, but it is what it is. Why not have tourism boards that help out the tourists? Not yeah, why not police? volunteers? Police? Yeah, it is a bit weird. Why not isn't, that? isn't that like literally what China had that they rebelled against with like the Boxer Rebellion. Yeah. They had all the, because all of those soldiers were like in the embassies and then they came under siege from like thousands of Chinese. And there's tons of movies about that. Do you think, do sure. you think they care? <laughs> uh, does, yeah. It is anyway, funny that, though. That was kind of interesting. Let's move on. There's another piece of news which is infuriating. Oh, this is maddening. Um, okay, why don't you just 
Sure. Explain what happened uh, here. American Air Force uh, pilot, actually he's an ex-Air Force pilot. He became a commercial pilot. Yeah. Um, he obviously, just like any other pilot in the world, probably has to make some flights to China, right? Yeah. He connected Beijing, he connected in Shanghai, Guangzhou, maybe in Hong it's Kong. FedEx, he's delivering right. stuff. There's going to be connections, right? Yeah, so when you're commercially China. delivering goods, they're going to come from China. Yeah. Now, when he was there, he decided that because it's very cheap, and they're manufactured there, he would buy some airsoft pellets. Yeah. For those of you guys that don't know, airsoft guns are these toy guns that shoot plastic BBs, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Now, China banned airsoft guns, despite manufacturing them and their ammunition. You could have fooled me. Right? Yeah, they're everywhere. Right? No, I mean, look, I, I have to quickly interject here. In the, the little uh, garden where I live in Shenzhen, I got so pissed off because <laughs> very recently, um, within the past, I don't know, year, Yeah. BB guns became, I call them BB guns, I know they're airsoft guns, yeah. but they came in, became they're incredibly They're not metal pop- BB guns. Yeah, no, they're little, those little plastic, yeah. but very popular. So you'll have kids, I've got footage of them, mm. running around with big like M16s or AK-47 replicas, firing automatic, they're electric, and they fire, yeah. they're not like, yeah, but they're just firing at the lights, they're firing mm. at the signs, they're firing at random things, yeah. everywhere running around. So, you know, it's one of those weird things in China where um, it's, it's like a gray area again. Sure. You can buy those replica airsoft guns in any market there. Yeah, you but know. they're illegal. Yeah, they're illegal. It's so weird because it seems to only be illegal when it uh, suits their narrative. Yeah, so what happened is this guy bought a bunch mm. of airsoft pellets to bring home to his son yeah. back in America. Gets detained, yeah. right? And then the police say he was transporting ammunition. Ammunition. Literally, the legal code they used was for live ammunition, ammunition. just like bullets or yeah. grenades. Right. Yeah. This poor guy. So little plastic balls. Why is why are people talking about this more? It's ridiculous. Well, look, it's um, it's a it's retaliation for Huawei. Yeah. They've been trying for a while now to kick FedEx out of China yeah. or to find excuses. Yeah, I remember to, that whole FedEx scandal. Yeah, yeah. yeah, they've been trying forever to punish, you know, foreign companies because of the Huawei uh, arrest of their Hmong princess. <laughs> yeah. So. You know, this is what happens. And it's it's quite ridiculous. Yeah, you can just press play on that. We can see a picture of the poor guy is actually affected here. Um, Imagine you're the son, right? You're sitting at home and you're like, Daddy's going to bring me my favorite airsoft pellets. Like he always does, probably. Yeah. Right? Bam. Now he's in jail. Or you're, he's got a You're in jail court. for like 60 cents of plastic pellets. Right. Is what it is. Yeah. There's nothing dangerous about those things. They cost nothing in China. You can buy them at the newsstands. Right. I have footage. I'm going to include it in the next thing okay. of little kids with sniper Everywhere. rifle, Everywhere. airsoft guns. You see those rolling around the gutters all the time. Yeah. These kids go crazy after school. They are everywhere. It's ridiculous. It's another one of those stupid things where uh, China puts its foot down on these. I... But remember that guy who got life in jail because he imported three of these airsoft things it's chinese young guy right so he imported three or four of them from taiwan or something because they need to make an example yeah and he went he got life in life in jail right i remember when i first got to to china i was teaching at the kindergarten thing so this would have been 2000 end of 2006 okay and uh, i went to buy some airsoft guns because i wanted to do like a class thing where you know get the kids to like shoot targets and stuff it's kind of a fun thing like with with letters and you know numbers and I could get them everywhere. But then um, the guy was like, hey, do you want some some better ones type thing? And I was like, sure. And he had to take me to this back room. And he had those real replicas that look like yeah, yeah. AR-15s and those stuff. Those are fully in, legal in, in Taiwan. In metal, in metal yeah. and stuff. He had all of those there. The fact that you can just go buy them um, 
is kind of ridiculous, you know, if they're illegal like that. But the fact that you can literally just go... Oh, it's anything to Any illegal. toy shop, any anything you can just Anything go that's illegal in China, you can still buy. Absolutely. Don't yeah. be a foreigner, though. Yeah. No, don't be a foreigner when you do it. Anyway, this is tragic. Yes. And this is absolutely politically motivated. And I want everybody to see through this and see for I what just, it is. I just feel like if China's going to do this bully retaliation crap, mm-hmm. don't act like a six-year-old. Like, come up with a better example. Because this is just heartbreaking, right? Nobody yeah. in the West is going to look at this and be like, yeah, that bastard with yeah. those airsoft pellets. You couldn't have planted something better on him? Yeah, come exactly. On. No, it, to, <laughs> Step make, up your game. to make it such a big thing where they actually like let him get into the plane and stuff and then they Come went into on. no they arrested him in the waiting lounge or whatever you know before. this is oh yeah sorry yeah. it is it's, this this is also why sorry i i just have to put that out there this is also why um it's it's a serious situation right now if you have any tie to any big company, if you have any kind of political clout, or if you're well known in any way, you have to be incredibly careful when you go to China. It's not blown out of proportion. No. Um, I get a lot of questions from people that I answer sometimes. Sometimes I don't because I got too many of them. And they're like, look, I'm just about to fly to China. Yep. Will I be safe with the mm-hmm. current tensions? Nine times out of 10, yes. If you're yeah, going yeah. on holiday, if you're American, it doesn't matter. But, but do not give anyone an excuse to detain you and use you as a political pawn. So don't take drugs before you go because there's mm-hmm. up to three months they can still detect the maybe, marijuana. Maybe longer. Yeah, the in marijuana hair. in your hair. And they're doing these hair samples. They want to catch you. Yeah, they're looking for excuses. Don't buy anything illegal or contraband. Don't mm-hmm. do weird stuff. Go there, have fun, do what you do. Don't involve yourself in things like prostitution and gambling and, and drugs when you're in China. Also ask yourself, am I a member of a high-profile company, yeah. political organization? Could I be used as fodder, right? Nine, like you said, even more than nine times out of ten. I tell people, absolutely, go travel. It's yes. totally fine. Yes. But if you have a moderate following on social media, you're politically active, you are in danger mm. of being a target like this. I mean, this guy's ex-military, right? Yeah. He also worked for FedEx, which China hates right now. Yeah, tick, no, that's tick. why. Yeah. yeah. He worked for FedEx obvious. and he bought some freaking airsoft pellets. <laughs> okay. And you, as a traveler there, you don't know the laws. And no. in fact, I think nine times out of 10, if somebody walked into a market and they had some kids and they saw a bunch of airsoft pellets that were cheap, they would buy it. Why? Right. If the kids I mean, wanted it, yeah. I was buying airsoft guns right. when I was in China because no one ever says to you, hey, you know what? If you buy an airsoft gun in China, and you're caught, you can go to jail. And it's just so Whoever much, said that? It's so much bigger than that, too, because yeah. you don't know what else is banned that's yeah. just being openly sold. Exactly. You go, dude, I see people selling those big knives and stuff right. on the side or like some random rare animal parts and things on the side of the road. You are there and you're like, oh, I'm a tourist. This guy's selling it out in public. It must be normal. It's like people that fly to Yunnan and there's literally marijuana growing everywhere and yeah. all the locals are smoking it. And they're like, oh, this is, so it's totally legal here. It's yeah, totally fine because they, they're just backpacking, right? Yeah. Bam. That's Bam. the day they go crack down, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's super dangerous. You have to be careful and you have to educate yourself on the laws there because it's not transparent and China yeah. does not educate or put out there, at least to foreigners, what's illegal. No. There'll be signs everywhere in Chinese, yeah, yeah. but if you can't read Chinese, you don't know what you're getting yourself into. So um, be careful of these kind of arbitrary de- detentions and be careful of these exit bans because if if you are part of anything influential, like I've said a million times now, you are at risk. Mm-hmm. But if you're just a normal everyday Joe who's just going there to have fun, going on holiday, whatever, you will be fine. Mm. Agreed. Anyway, yeah. I was just going to say that my my dad, when he was an airline pilot, literally, when I was like in high school, 
I, I don't know where he was in China, but he went to like a black market that all of the the airline staff went to. They like showed him, literally opened the slit in the door, gave the password and went in. And it was just all this stuff off the factory floor, basically. And yeah. they got it wholesale. Mm-hmm. So he got me like those Beats headphones mm-hmm. by, by Dre, Beats by yeah. Dre, like uh, for half price, if that. Right. And then I was like pimping at school yeah. and everyone was all like, how the hell did you get those? They're like 500 bucks. So glad that he didn't get thrown in a black cell. <laughs> yeah. Uh, shall we do Super Chats? Yeah, Super Chats. All right. Matt R. Guitar gave us five pounds. He doesn't have a question. Just gave us the months. Thank you very much. Alexander Hamilton, $10. How are the Vietnamese perceiving the American slash Chinese trade war? I know they've had an influx of production move to Vietnam. Thanks. Alexander Hamilton, eh? Is that a founding father? Sure is. Yeah, nice. I didn't know. Thank you for your service. It's on the $10 bill. Yeah. Founding That's mother. very true, actually. He gave us $10, so. Look oh, at that. Nice, nice. That's kind of cool. Uh, Vietnamese people are raking it in. They are absolutely loving this trade war. And actually, sure. uh, Vietnam just said no to China building their highways. Yeah. Um, there is a massive, if you guys are ever interested, I'm not going to get into it, but there's a huge historical conflict between China and Vietnam. China's invaded, retreated, invaded, retreated many times. Mm. Really left a sour feeling, a lot of sour taste in Vietnamese sure. people's mouths. So mm. they do not want to be involved mm. uh, with China, no matter the cost. It's a, it's a pride thing. It's a historical thing. So Vietnamese people are very happy with what's happening right now. Sure, absolutely. Cool. Cool. What's next? Peter Smolik. Pet- Petr Smolik. From Czechoslovakia, or Czech Republic, excuse me, pardon me, uh, says, do you think it's alarming how the Western youth and West in general starts to look at socialism positively? Uh, Is it a lack of experience? Is a lack of experience their disadvantage? Absolutely. Yeah, that's all it is. Uh, Any any one of these people wearing a Che Guevara t-shirt or whatever, if you actually make them go and live for, let's say, two, three, four, five years in any developing country, any socialist country, they'll change their mind. Mm-hmm. It's just, it comes from... Like actual socialism. Yeah, it, it just it literally comes from being spoiled. Right. And when you are spoiled and you're in a situation like in America, I see it all around me here now that we're based out of here, mm-hmm. is you, you see people who are kind of promised that anything they do, you know, anything they dream they can do, they can achieve, which is actually a lie. That's not how life works. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if you've got opportunity, it's a nice sentiment. sentiment, And I wish it was true. Everyone's given an equal opportunity to succeed. It doesn't mean that you can, you know, because maybe you suck. Maybe you're dumb. Maybe you're just you're too slow. You can't jump to like sink those hoops because you weigh 300 pounds. Mm. You know, you can't expect to always get what everyone else has. Mm -hmm. But then you get the people that end up in the bottom end of this and they're like, why don't I have everything that everyone else has? What's the remedy to that solution? How do I get what everyone else has? I know. Eat the rich. Mm, Marxism. Yay. Look, Che Guevara. Yeah. Communism's awesome. And that way they start to feel like that they're going to achieve this. Like I can get what everyone else has because that's the kind of ideal behind communism. But guess what? It never works out. You will get what everyone else has. And that's starvation, <laughs> you know, and famine. Hope you like nothing. Yeah. So I saw you do this. Do you have a Che Guevara shirt? Underneath? No, it's, yeah. Maybe. Um, Superman. I wanted to, yeah. I, it's not a counterpoint or a counter mm-hmm. argument per sure. se. Mm. Um, But when you look at these kids that go to university and they hear a lot of these lectures or opposing ideas that seem very radical, Mm. you know, radically different to the ones they're living under, they look at their parents' lives and they say, 
well, that's bullshit. Because my parents had a very simple life. They may, they could work at McDonald's for God's sakes and buy a house, right? Mm-hmm. So then they're like, well, I'm it's defeatist, right? I'm yeah. never going to be able to afford this because we so we have to absolutely change the system so sure. we can even the playing field. And that's just not how life works, no. right? No, 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 it doesn't. Yeah. They so, also, I was just going to say, they also ignore the fact that Che Guevara like literally put gay people in firing squads. Yeah, and, nobody likes to talk about that, though, right? Yeah, or the fact that he was, like, if you read the Motorcycle Diaries, he literally is racist. He talks <laughs> yeah. about that, like, oh, European South Americans are, like, have advanced so much more than... He literally uses the N-word. Right. But nobody, none of these people wore, have wear that shirt, I'm sure, I've even read the book, so... No, it's just an it's edgy just an thing. Example. It's, it's it, a style. Most people go through a certain period of their lives where they're rebellious and angry with sure. the world. And I think it's a good way for them to get back at their parents and society. Mm-hmm. But yes, it's lack. It's absolutely a lack of experience. And anyone who's lived in a socialist country who's had to go through the kind of crap that socialist countries dish out will absolutely not support it. Just Google Venezuela for God's sake. Yeah, sakes. exactly. Go live in Venezuela. Yeah, two words. I was going to ask, does that whole, the Serbia-China thing, does that go back to like Yugoslavia? Yeah. Because I think, if I'm not wrong, I think Serbia was kind of like the main member that kept everyone else in line. And so probably they have connections from that. Yeah, I mean, back then China was really fighting for allies outside of the Soviet Union. There's actually a huge rivalship there, rivalry there. So you had these smaller kind of not super pro-Soviet communist countries that were really cozy enough to try. Rival ship, that's when you got two ships rivaling each other. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, Son okay, so <laughs> uh, let's let's move on to our uh, last and final segment, right? Which yes. is questions, which is what we've been doing. <laughs> that's so, why I said Q&A. Uh, yeah, Q&A, yeah. yeah this so. is where we answer your questions. Okay, we're gonna lead this time by reading some Instagram questions. Okay. You know, look, the, the super chat thing, please understand that we prioritize those because we are demonetized. Now, demonetize. Like, like demonetize. Yeah, ex- well, yeah, demonetize. Because if you look right now, most of our, in fact, we've got two videos that I think of monetization on our entire channel. So yes. that's 99.9% is demonetized. So we rely on the super chats to keep this going. Um, Thank so, you, guys. Yeah, thanks. So let's uh, go for it. Yeah, all right. So first from Instagram, they say, what do you think about Macau and will something similar to Hong Kong protests happen there? Okay, I can lead this real quick. Mm. Uh, my wife lived there for seven years. I have a very close relationship with Macau. I used to go there probably once a month, to be honest, when we were mm. dating. I remember. Um, I loved it there. It was another step out of China, mm. um, especially on the islands and stuff. If you get outside the casinos, a lot of European influence, great food, right? Very easygoing populace. Most people could speak English mm-hmm. um, and they could talk about everything. So these dinner table conversations that we'd have with her friends and stuff were wildly different than the ones I was having in mainland China. Sure. But very quickly, and she agrees with me, very quickly over the past few years, the mainland influence is insane, sure. right? Sure. There's no construction workers there because people make too much money. So they yeah. pump in all them, their families. All of a sudden, Macau is like, well, that's it, right? Small country, it's fully mainland controlled. So you won't see a political uprising there. No, you can't. You can't. Number two, Macanese citizens get an EU passport to mm. Portugal. So the ones that are deeply concerned have already left. Yeah, makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I don't really have much to weigh in because my experience with Macau is quite limited. Uh, mm. I do know that it's used as a vast channel to Huge. get money out of China. Huge. It's been like that before mm. the handover. Yeah. I mean, the casinos there, a lot of them are really just fronts for money laundering, really. Um, but we might get into that at another point. Yeah. yeah. Let's move on. All right. I just want to say from the chat, somebody said their profile name is with Asian characters. And they said, why don't you pull by bootstrap, make money? 
which I so presumably they're not even a native English speaker, but I love that they know that boomer phrase. That is good. That just oh, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. <laughs> if YouTube's demonetizing you, go make a lemonade stand. Uh, next up from Instagram, what is the main difference between a Chinese and a Western high school? Individualism. Yeah, you go ahead. Go ahead. I'll, um, fi I'll finish. Okay. You go ahead. I'll interrupt. Sure. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> It's pretty simple. They're completely different. Uh, Chinese high school is more about parrot learning and getting high score is like the most important thing. Mm. Wouldn't you agree? Absolutely. What would you say is a cool kid in uh, a Western university? He's a rebel. He's good at sports. He's strong. He's handsome, mm. right? Yeah. Uh, that's if it's a, a boy. Girl, yeah. maybe she's a cheerleader. She's got lots of friends. She's vocal. She's pretty. Right? They don't always have to be. Just somebody with a good personality can also sure. rise to the top. You know, I've seen but it. Vivi's, we've talked about this a lot. Like We mm. talked about like who we dated in high school, who had crushes on, all kind of stuff. And the poster boy for a girl to have a crush on in high school, Chinese high school, yeah. is the top student. Yeah. Literally every single time. It's not the kid that's kind of like smoking in the bathroom. It is sure. the poster child angel boy that is a teacher's pet and gets the best grades. And it's been yeah. like that for a while. Yeah, um, and look, you have, like you, you have to understand because uh, having... You understand China. Yeah, you got to understand <laughs> China. If you have uh, ever dealt with high schools, and I remember um, I once got duped into this thing where I was uh, part of a, a, a training center, but what they did was they'd send us off to a high school for like uh, an afternoon once mm. a month, and we'd have to go, you know, teach actual high school classes. Mm. And these are packed. There's like 50, 60 students in a class. Uh -huh. Okay. Everybody's stuck there just learning. It's not about individualism. It's kind of like a factory just churning out students. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's a completely different thing. Mm -hmm. um, you can't even compare the two. No. It's just, it's, yeah, chalk and cheese. I mean, they, they, they like have the Chinese government basically in the classroom in that it's the same structure. You have a one student as the monitor that's wrap and wrist basically. Yeah, and there's usually a, a member of the Communist Party of sitting course. in the class keeping an eye on writing yeah. notes and stuff. So it's, it's a very different kind of an environment. I'll, I'll, that's a good I'll question. Say, yeah, let's move on. All right. Uh, last one from Instagram. He said, why is China being so mean? I don't know. Why is China being so mean? Well, they're trying to hold on to leadership. It's very simple. I mean, when there's any sort of instability, they have to crack down or else they're going to lose ultimate power. Have you ever seen a one-party dictatorship last throughout the ages? No. No. And also, it, it's I, I'm 100% convinced that China wouldn't be mean at all if the economy had kept growing at the same rate it was. Oh, and, for sure. You know, if things were just rosy, but... I mean, you'd still have mean characteristics. Yeah, you would, yeah. <laughs> China with mean characteristics. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is now. I mean, the, the fact of the matter is that uh, the economy is slowing down mm. in a big way. And just like everything else in China, that it involves face. Mm. And what face is all about is pride. And it's not letting people know, or it's an open it's an open secret. Everyone knows, but no one will ever admit it. Mm. You know, so you'll say, "Oh, look how handsome uh, you are." Meanwhile, you're looking at a disgusting, mm. horrible use of a man. You know, it's about face. So there's this <clears throat> facade that has to be kept up about, "Oh, everything is good. Mm. We're on the up and up. Mm. We're strong." And so when things start to slide and start to plateau off, there has to be a good excuse for it. And the mm -hmm. excuse is. Never, oh, we made some really bad decisions. And Central we, planning's not yeah, working. No, and we, you know, invested in all these state-owned enterprises, which are now just uh, making a huge loss and mm. destroying the environment. No, it's not that. It's, oh, the foreigners are keeping us mm. down. They don't want us to grow anymore. It's their fault. It's the tariffs. Yeah. So that's why they're so mean. It's because it's their, their coping mechanism for a slowing down economy. 
For sure. Absolutely. And that's, uh, like we said, the most important thing in Chinese society since they won has been wealth and family, right? Yeah. When you take wealth away or the promise of future wealth, yeah. everything unravels. The Communist Party would be kidding itself if it was thinking, oh, if we hit negative growth or like 0% or even 1% growth, right? Yeah. That Chinese society is going to be completely cohesive. It's absolute fantasy, no. right? Yeah. So, yeah. Cool. All right. Let's hit another one. All right. Mike Hilter. Yeah. Sounds uh, Dutch, right? Seems, Guys, it seems I miss more of these than I catch live anymore, but I have a minute while sitting in traffic. Keep up the good work. He gave us 50 bones, $50. Thank you very much. Quite generous. You guys want to respond or shall yeah, I? Yeah, quick. Thanks, Thank mate. Thank you so uh, much, dude. It's cool that you're listening yeah, to the car. Yeah, absolutely. And we, we, we recognize you as a, a long-time follower and supporter. Thanks, Thank you dude. very much. Appreciate it. Yeah. All right. Ling Ye, uh, love your channel. Keep it up. $5. Thank you very much. Joseme Fernandez Barreras. Uh, I remember you from last time. Next month, go to Hanoi and stop over in Beijing. Deserve a visit on Silk Market. I've been, I've been on 2011. Still be the same. Thanks, you are really cool. I think she's went there in 2011 to yeah, the Silk Market I, 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 in Hanoi. Uh, in Beijing. <laughs> yeah, don't go there. Do not go there. Please watch our videos. Yeah, we, we have actually exposed the Silk yeah. Market. Yeah, look, it's just a big tourist trap racket where they charge you like 800% of what everything is. The only the only reason you should go there is if you use Taobao on your phone. Mm, just use, go scan. <laughs> just, just use Taobao. Yeah. And then what you do is on Taobao, is you find the item because mm. everything that's sold in the silk market, it's on Taobao. It's on it Taobao. comes from Taobao. Yeah. So all you need to do is search it and then you find out how much it's actually worth. So you'll see, oh, this should cost me 20 RMB. And when the shop owner says 1,300 RMB, just show that to them. And then Give you can a get scare. it. But the thing is, then they will, they, they usually, when they're caught out, they will sell it to you for the price that maybe a little more, but yeah. yeah. But then you can negotiate. And if you really want something from there, that's how you do it. But please don't we, be duped. We exposed, you <laughs> sent me into a shop. Yeah. And there was a helmet yeah, that literally that. cost eight US dollars yeah. on Tabo, right? And it's exactly the same helmet. It's not like a replica. No, no. She was trying to sell this helmet. I kid you not, for almost two hundred dollars. Yeah, I remember right? that. Right, so think about the price discrepancy. Unless you're going in for the lulls, yeah, yeah. you're just gonna get harassed the whole time. It's, hey, come here! It's yeah. good for you. Good price. Special price for you. It's very, very uh, apparent because when you go in there, the majority of the people walking around are foreigners. Yeah, from all over the world, and Big they're just bangs, being duped. Yeah, it, it makes me. <laughs> I sick. love Beijing T-shirts. Yeah. <laughs> I love yeah. BJ. Yeah, exactly. So just be careful if you go to the silk market in Beijing. Yeah. Don't, don't just don't go there. Well, it's fun, but yeah. All right. Joe Farnell, five pounds, thank you, says, why did you decide to move to the U.S. from China over Taiwan, Hong Kong, or Vietnam? Was there one thing in particular that made you decide to leave China? I think it's safe to say that Hong, not going to Hong Kong was probably a good, solid choice. Yeah, I mean, it's very simple. Both of our wives are from mainland China. They can't live in Taiwan. Yeah, that's that's the Taiwan reason. Also, we need to base ourselves somewhere that's solid. Sure. Um, I mean, I we, would choose Taiwan. Yeah, me too, to be I, honest. We can't. Here's the thing. We're back and forth at the moment between yeah. Asia and here, but we needed a solid base. And we've talked about this before, but it's gotten to a point now that uh, with these arbitrary de detentions and things, um, visits from the police all the time. I was getting visits to my apartment very often, mm. not related to my YouTube activities, but just related to the fact that I am a South African. Yeah, mine is YouTube. So related. there's uh, very often quotas. And so the guy, in fact, even because, you know, when you go into China. Within 24 hours, you're supposed to 
register mm. with the local police in the area that if you, you live. stay at a hotel, they'll do it for yeah, you. Yeah, they do it for you at the hotel. Mm. But you know, if you if you live in an area, he was actually getting so annoyed because he had to keep every time I went in and out of Hong Kong. Because you know, you do that when you're living in China. I would go for the day. I'd go to Hong Kong to go and yeah, buy something. I remember that. I'd come straight back. Then he would be sending WeChat messages to my wife saying, "Ah, oh, man, like, can you set, tell your husband to send his latest entry stamps? You know, and he's, he doesn't want to do it, but he's got, you know, supervisors on his back. It used to like, be like that. No, it wasn't always like that. But he's like, you better check that foreigner. And then there would be random, like, people coming to, like, knock on the door. And if I wasn't there... Um, they'd be sending messages and like, or leaving a note on the mm. door, like, where is this foreigner right now, etc. Yeah. It was actually getting to a point where it's incredibly intrusive. Um, and so I'm just not comfortable with that kind of crap. No. They know where I live. I'm not going to move. That's where, you know, I right. live there. Right. All right. Why do they have to check every single time I go out for the day to Hong Kong or something? Why do they have to harass I mean, that's, me? That's the point of annoyance. Like, yeah. But there are so many other things that were just, it's writing on the wall. It's like, holy crap, dude. Like, yeah. you guys are getting in our faces, like, yeah. way too much. So, yeah. anyway, uh, Taiwan would have been a very good choice if our, our wives were American. Because yeah. then we could live in Taiwan with sure. them. But mainlanders can't do that. You know, we need a solid base. Um, and yeah. it's, that's really what it comes down to. And because... Uh, you know, sea milk is American. It's, mm. It makes sense. It does. South Africa is not a solid base. If we went there, we would have been raped and murdered every day for the last... Every day. Yeah. Murdered every day. Absolutely. Yeah. And that wouldn't help us. So, no. um, also, the internet's fast here. It gives us mm -hmm. a great travel hub. We can do everything we need from here. And that is why. I mean, LA is great to fly to anywhere in the world. So Absolutely. it works out for us. Absolutely. Cool. Cool. Let's uh, continue. All right. Peter Zmolik. I'm just going to call you Peter, bro. I, I, it's a little much for the pronunciation every time. I don't want to seem patronizing. But uh, best country to work in Asia, visa, etc. Not for ESL. Still Taiwan. Yeah, Taiwan. Probably Taipei if it's not ESL. Yeah. Um, absolutely, in terms of the amount of money you're going to save, in terms of visa, in terms of the fact that as soon as you start working there, you get free health care. Yep. Um, everything is taken care of. It's a beautifully amazing free society. It's cheap, it's safe, and it's so beautiful. Yeah, I would say Taiwan too. Hands yeah. down, the best. There's a lot of choose. companies based out of Taipei. Yeah, yeah sure. you just need to do a bit of a search. Wonderful place. Easy to open a business. Yeah. Yep. Dion Chapman, another $10, thank you, says, is the CCP actually a terrorist organization? Very uh, inflammatory question there. I mean, it's just the, the definition of what you think a terrorist is. Yeah, you know? it's up to, up to you to decide. Really. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say it's so much an organization as a juggernaut. You know, it's a massive power. Yeah, yeah. It's, 90 million strong. It's a communist party. It's a communist yeah. party, and it's not the fun kind. It's not even communist, but it, no, is, it no. is what it is. Anyway, yeah, let's move on. Uh, Edward Berry says, I love all, I love y'all. The three of you are awesome. God bless. God bless you. Thank you very much. Thank you, Edward. Yeah, I know you. I appreciate that. Cool. Let's, uh, what, what's next? Hajo, uh, $10. Thank you very much. Chukwan, 50 Hong Kong dollars, thank you, says, can you estimate how long till the Hong Kong protests end? Vandalism is difficult to control, and that is also my concern. Yeah, um, to be honest, uh, it's definitely going to be, it's going to ramp up up to the October 1st thing. I'm very curious and mm. also worried as to what's going to be the retaliation from the CCP on there, October There's 1st. actually a lot of... Uh, sort of rumor there are a lot of I'm, rumors i've been going ignoring around. those yeah i know but there are rumors going around that um what's happening is you know like these fire bombings and the extra i'm not going to say this is true so don't quote me on this as being true mm. i'm just telling you what the rumors are yeah. the rumors are that there's a lot of false flag attacks mm -hmm. in other words the fire bombings and the, the vandalism sure. is ramping up 
specifically so that it gives Beijing an excuse to mm. step in mm. and stop this and keep them quiet for the very important October 1st National Day. Yes. So if it happens, then I think we can put some credence into that. But if it doesn't happen... I mean, they, they claimed know, that martial law was going to be enacted and stuff, but I do think you're going to see more of this crazy false flag type stuff before yeah. then. Yeah, it's tough uh, to we'll see. We'll see. We do, we do. We're not like uh, Alex I, Jones. Once again, um, I want to say very, very straightforward that I do not support violence on any side of the, this, this whole thing. I'm not a pacifist, by the way. I'm totally not a pacifist. But I think that any kind of like public vandalism and destroying, you know, roads and buildings and stuff, it's, it just, a bad name. it's just stupid. You shouldn't be yeah. doing that. You know, right. take out your frustrations elsewhere. You know? Play video games. Yeah. Anyway, just saying. All right, Mar Martin Orlando says, what would I see if I went to an art museum in a tier two or lower city in mainland China? Has the preservation of art improved since the death of Mao? Yeah, for sure. You'll I mean, see Africans pictured next to animals. Yeah, that's true. You I mean, see, I'm just yeah, but I mean, the preser preservation and the reclamation of Chinese culture that was absolutely destroyed by Mao, mm -hmm. even though they won't admit it, yeah. uh, is definitely higher nowadays. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but nothing that promotes anything edgy or against one party rule, that's for sure. Yeah, just just remember that, uh, and, and I'm going to say this again, I've said, said this a ton of times, if you want to see the real treasured culture of China, you should go to Taiwan. Because, you know, and this is not just some some bs that i'm saying here but you know because of the civil war when the nationalists fled to taiwan they took a lot of the chinese treasures with them huge amount so they took you know all sorts of statues and scrolls and bits and pieces and mm -hmm. jade this and that and they're all on on display mm -hmm. and i got to see some of that stuff when i was in taiwan and yeah, it blows you away because when you go to these cultural heritage sites in china they're very badly maintained. Mm. Like when I went to the Terracotta Warriors, <laughs> I was so appalled. It's, the A-A-A-A-A. Yeah, it's <laughs> terrible. Like everything yeah. was like badly maintained, falling apart. There's sure. lots of misinformation. There's lots of fake like tour guides hanging around pretending that they're the guys who found the Terracotta Warriors. You can buy these yeah, crap, yeah, yeah. A lot of scams crap cheap tourist souvenirs that look like a two-year-old made them in like art class. And you've got like, oh, take a picture of your head on a Terracotta Warrior type stuff. It's all cheap. It's cheesy. It's I know. crap. I agree. Like I went to the Genghis Khan Memorial in mm. Ordos, where apparently he was from. Yeah. Um, and they it would have been great because there's a lot of cool stuff there, yeah. obviously, that they found. Mm -hmm. um, but the whole thing was just bastardized as to how he was basically Chinese and, like, rewriting history in, in, in its entire. So you go there and then you dress up as a Mongolian like it's some sort of kid's little experience. Yeah, I, think yeah. I, I think I changed your mind. Remember I always used to complain about, like, in Beijing... When you go to the Forbidden City and stuff, mm. everything looks crap. Because that's like, the number one destination. Yeah, that everything looks like it's badly painted just to mm. freshen it up for tourists. It's like a paint by number, the six-year-old I, I don't think you believed me until you went there yourself. Because I couldn't believe that was the most important relic of China. Yeah. Right? Yeah. When you go there as a tourist, just there's a lot of impressive. You see, you can see what's underneath the surface there. Mm. You can see how impressive it used to be. You yeah. can see that it was beautiful and amazing. But it's chopped But when you come up close to anything there, it's so bad. It's like they just hired some random hardware store guy they did. to come and like try to paint right. over what was there before. Right. And they just use like modern paints and they yeah. screw it up and it looks awful. Uh, whereas if you go to a place like Japan, for instance, the the people that restore the temples and stuff there, they have to use the same wood that comes mm. from the same family of the tree that it was right. originally cut from they have to use the same dyes and mixed using like beetles or whatever was used mm -hmm. back in the day 
And so the preservation, and when you go to close to the temples, they look exactly like they used mm-hmm. to. Mm-hmm. Whereas in China, they just do some random thing to kind of make it look okay. I've got footage of it, if you don't believe me. Chop I've got guys plastering the walls around the Forbidden City Big with bricks. just, you know, normal cement that you buy from like a hardware store. Yeah. It's what they do. And mm-hmm. so it's very unsatisfying. Mm-hmm. It's very, if you're into culture and art, go to Taiwan, go to Hong Kong, you'll see better. Go to San Francisco, Chinatown, you'll see something yeah. more realistic. You know what I Fair mean? Fair enough. Anyway, sorry, that's my rant. And I'm not, not out to hurt anyone's feelings. It's just, you know, I always have to I'm say super disappointed. Because you really hurt my feelings. No, because China has such an incredible history. Sure. And to see that it's been wiped out the way it has been makes me mad. Yeah. You know? Anyway, sorry, let's continue. All right. Yeah, wrap this up here. Yeah. back again, $10, says, I have the highest respect to the Hong Kongers. Thank you very much. Uh, Peter Smolik back again. Do the Chinese like Slavs or not like Westerners? Um, I mean, we were called Slavs more than any where we're from. Yeah. Um, there's a there's a much bigger, much more positive affinity for for Russians in particular, mm. uh, just because of historical partnership. Yeah. So yeah, I'd say more than uh, your they, they can't Western, really tell the difference. But they won't be able to tell the difference if you, if you introduce yourself as a Slav, they'll be like, oh, our old Soviet friend, you know, yeah, yeah. say stuff yeah. like that. That's bad. yeah. I think they like him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Studio Art FX twenty five dollars. Thank you. Says. Wow, my first time catching one of these live. I think what you got I like what you guys do. I do hope you guys might go easy on China sometimes though. Are you worried about what happens when you go back? Yeah, look, again, um, thank you by the way. Mm-hmm. I don't want us to appear as if we're anti China because we're actually not. We're anti CCP. And we can mm-hmm. say that very blatantly. Mm-hmm. There there's just no way for me to say it otherwise. I do not agree with the Chinese government. I do not agree with their policies. I do not agree with their treatment of anyone really including yeah. chinese people especially yes. chinese people that's what i'm that's against the biggest travesty um and i'm so heavily invested in this as you are yeah. too the reason why we keep banging on about the bad things that the ccp does and the bad influence it has over people like telling people to dox other chinese people doing things like that the reason why we focus on these is because we're so heavily invested in china having married into chinese families having spent so much of our lives in china having learned the damn language you want to waste your time read learning to read and write chinese to constantly be called someone who doesn't care about China, give me a break. Why mm. would I have learned? Why would we have spent so much time on that kind of thing? We're not anti-China or anti-Chinese, but we definitely don't like the CCP, and we need to make sure that that's known out there. There's a there's a very fine tipping point when you see, I mean, we've covered this a lot, but when you see the country that you've invested so much into, it doesn't make you bitter when things change, but it does make you very worried about the people that are around you, right? Because mm-hmm. you know that you have the op- option to, to go somewhere potentially, right? Sure. But when you see the, the country going down this very, very unstable and kind of scary path under this leadership, we're the, the people that kind of know what was going on there. So we're going to be the ones that are going to be talking about that, right? Sure. It's kind of like... You wouldn't go ask a hockey player to teach you basketball, right? Sure. So we're going to talk about what we know. And yes, it's not, it's disconcerting to say the least, but we're going to keep doing it. When things are all like roses and rainbows and stuff, when it doesn't it comes even have to, to China, be like that. It just, or just you know, normal. Yeah. Then we will have no need to talk about these things. Sure. But, you know, I tell you what, like if they're going to be pulling these dastardly deeds and trying to persuade people into believing non truths around the world, there are only a few people who can actually stand up and tell you 
with real experience that that's not the case. And this is, I think, what separates us from a lot of other like news outlets and mm. stuff is we're not just hearsay saying, oh, China bad, you know, yeah. anything like that. This is stuff we've lived through. We have actual video footage and experience of having gone through all these different things we're talking about and experiences of being attacked, of mm. being doxxed, of all this stuff. Things have happened to us. So we speak from experience not from conjecture. We're not just like, oh, yeah, look, mm, oh, this, this, this is oh, why this. I ordered this. Like, no. this. It's like this happened to us. And that's yes. why I think there's quite a bit of weight behind what we say. Absolutely. Yeah. Anyway, let's continue. Let's finish up. Chad Hurst gave us $10. Says, my old lady is flying back, flying for a visit next week. Uh, great debater and highly intelligent, but seriously needs to be red, white, and blue-pilled. I'm probably dreaming, but tips and prayers are appreciated. I'm assuming... She's Chinese, his girlfriend, maybe? You have to be very, very, very patient. And the worst thing you can do in this kind of situation is to get frustrated and just start jamming facts down people's throats. Yeah. Oh, Tiananmen had, what, what do you say about this, right? Yeah. That's the worst thing. They'll get super defensive and yeah. very nationalistic. So you have to take an easy approach, introduce them to new ideas, back off when things get hot, yeah. and take it easy. It's, it's very, very simple. It's kind of why I fell in love with China in the first place is... When you're constantly told something, mm -hmm. okay, someone's like, China's bad, China's bad, and you go to China and you see, actually, it's not that mm -hmm. bad. That's why I started my whole YouTube channel is I was like, the hell's everyone talking about, you know? I had to experience it for myself. Me too. And that's what you need to do is let her experience it for herself. Mm -hmm. If she finds life in America is comfortable, more convenient, nice, mm -hmm. you know, if she has access to things that she didn't have access to and she that's likes what's it, important. that's what's going to change her mind. Mm -hmm. Not you saying how bad China is or right. how good America is. That's right. not going to work. you no. got to let somebody, you know, change their own mind through experience. First hand, yeah. yeah. Cool. Next. Next. Michael Lacko gave us five euros. Says, to monetize you, enjoy the content. Good luck. Thank you very much. Uh, did you want to? I'll just keep going. JK, one dollar. Thank you. Uh, Koala, $5. Thank you. JJ Hung, too. He is certainly hung. $10. Says, uh, most first world nations are democratic socialist. Taxing is progressive. Schooling, healthcare, and welfare is universal and a right. The U.S. works more like China with its pseudo-capitalism. No, it doesn't. Come on, dude. I know this is a this is an argument that goes around a lot. But unless you actually go and live in China for more than a decade and see what's actually going on there. Um, you know, I guess you'll keep believing your fantasy. You just have to stop with this, okay? Especially everyone's like, oh, you guys live in California, all this kind of crap. You have no idea what you're talking about, all right? We're going to talk about this in depth in the future. That's why I was going to keep my mouth shut because I have a lot to say about that. <laughs> yeah. I, get, I get trigged on this stuff because we attract a very, very... Uh, interestingly polarized audience. Uh, what I found in a lot of private messages is a lot of people assume I'm this or this or somewhere in between. They really are fervently believing that I'm on their side about certain things, right? Yeah, yeah. Meanwhile, we're just not polarized people, no. right? We see things from a very broad perspective and that's actually a good reason to travel for a long period of time mm. is to see that there are other systems out Absolutely, there, right? Yeah. So we'll get into it at some we'll point. We'll get into it for sure. All right. RRR44333 gave us $50 with no question or comments. Just hooked that's us up. Thank, thank you very much. Dude, that's amazing. Thank you very much. If you have a question, pop it in there. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, Hjway88. Is that Shui? Uh, let's see. Where to go? Hi, I'm Matt slash Winston. My wife and I are located, are children of first generation immigrants to Australia. 
We both find your content so relatable and insightful to our parents uh, and growing up experience. Keep up the good work. Thank you very much. Yeah, I feel you. like there's a massive link between uh, ABCs mm -hmm. and us because maybe they haven't lived in China, but they have the family structure on there, so they've experienced a lot of those things. It's that kind of like the opposite. Like we, we no, yeah, but grew up in China. But there's there's <laughs> a lot of yeah. common ground. Yeah, right. And I, I think that's so cool. Yeah, it thank is. you. Thanks, man. All right, I think this is that fifty dollar question. They put another five. Okay. Uh, Matt, Vivi did a great job on our most recent video. Bravo. I'm always interested in how your wives are doing in America. Thank you very much. Yeah, I mean, it's like uh, you got to drag them kicking and screaming to do anything on video these days with uh, all the kids and all that kind of stuff. Your wife's pregnant. Yeah. I got two kids and stuff. But, you know, there is there are certain things that she does want to talk about. So I always give her an opportunity to do that. It's always yeah. nice to not have this random white dude always have an opinion. It's nice to have the yeah. other side. Sasha's got a video coming out soon, you cool. know, about the food she likes the most in the U.S. and stuff mm -hmm. or hates the most. Nice. We'll see. <laughs> Kane Ravenlock, sounds like a vampire, gave us 50 kroner and just said true. <laughs> True, bro. I like that. Actually. That's that's really. Uh, let's see. H2A again. Ten dollars says, "What do you guys think of Nathan Rich's content? Seems like he cherry picks data to fit his arguments. The uncritical woo mouths jump on it. My wife finds his content very preachy." Um, I mean, we don't again. talk about psychopaths. Let's move on. Next <laughs> e. C. Thomason, Ech Thomason, ten dollars says. Uh, have you been to Disneyland in Hong Kong or Shanghai? Is it worth visiting? I love your work. Keep it up. Uh, yes, Hong, I've been Hong in Kong. Hong Kong. Yeah, yeah, Hong Kong. It's pretty yeah. good. Yeah, it's okay. A lot of lines. Get ready. I I actually haven't been to Disneyland in in Hong Kong, but I went to oh, okay. Sea Sea World. Is called? Mm. Is it Sea World? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's Sea World. Chabot, though, I like the, it's, the lines. Are it's insane. not like Sea World. Sea World that you expect with dolphins and crap. And stuff it's uh, it's like like Disneyland, a bunch of rides. Mm. Yeah. Um, you have to understand, Hong Kong has such a dense population. So if you go to any of these places, just be prepared to spend at least two thirds of the time in queues. Mm. You know, agreed. I was there. Yeah, yeah. and it, I did spend hours in queues. It was it's to the point where I only rode a couple rides. Yeah, no, it's, uh, uh, but, but it is you. it's world class. The one in Hong Kong is yeah, world good. class. The one in China is a little weird. Yeah, um, in Shanghai, <laughs> yeah. they yeah. had all sorts of issues opening up because, well, first of all. They had people coming at night stealing all the flowers mm -hmm. that you yes, know, they do. Yeah, yeah, and all sorts of weird stuff. The old ladies. People crapping in the bushes and things. And mm -hmm. it was it was a very rough opening. Yeah. And they've got to a point now where there was so much outrage that you couldn't bring food in. You know, you had to buy food inside the park that they finally gave in and they're like, Yeah, you can just you bring, can bring your, your own you food. bring your own food in now. So I don't give that a long life. Yeah, like, I don't know, man. Like Shanghai Disney. I haven't been there, so I can't comment, but I can say it's probably going to be a different experience. Go in Hong Kong. It's yeah. probably better. Hong Kong's awesome. Have, have you guys been to the one here? Yet? Yeah, of course. Or in San well, Diego, I, rather? I have. I've um, only been to the one in Japan with Sasha. I've, I've only been to the one in Florida. It's the first time I ever went to Disneyland. I remember when I was growing up, it was only the rich kids, you know, in South Africa. Like, oh, we flew off to Disneyland. I was like, you bastards. Right. You know, I could never afford that, you know. We were actually, <laughs> we we were, like, really yeah. close to our office, right mm -hmm. outside of Disneyland uh, when we went to VidCon. Yeah, that's Remember right. That? We were right there. And we had a meeting, and we could actually see the rides from the restaurant. It's yeah. quite nice. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So we didn't go in. <laughs> Morton's The Steakhouse. Oh, that's an amazing Dude, you got to try that. You if you've you ever tried Morton's The Steakhouse. All right. Uh, Polly Medina says, would you ever return to China? By the way, you're awesome. Thank you. Uh, yes, when things Absolutely. clear up. Under certain circumstances. Yes. It's pretty obvious by now, for those of you who don't know. But the idea of us going back into China, especially with our videos of late being rather critical of uh, I wouldn't CCP, blame it on the videos. Um, I'd, I'd say the current political situation is too it's risky. It's just, it's stupid. It's a right. stupid, like only a moron would do that. Right. 
Um, that's why whenever we're going in, we're going to Hong Kong, mm. we're going to Taiwan, mm-hmm. we're going to Japan, we're going mm-hmm. to South Korea, any place that's nearby or With Asian, rule of law. Um, that's where we're very comfortable to go. Uh, we still have, don't forget, family and lots of friends and lots of people in mainland China who send us uh, up-to-date information of Absolutely. anything we need to talk about. So Every it's week. All, it's all fine. All right. Caden Ravenlock gave us 200 corner. He says, yes, Nathan's a nutcase. Thank you very much for the cash. Uh, Koala1203, $5 says, is the heavy Chinese influence in Australia also affected the koala populations in a negative way? Hashtag save the koala. They're very passionate about koalas. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think there's a problem. You know, I, my, my wife loves koalas. Why? Way. They're demons. They're just little bears that hang on a tree. Dude, they're not you, actually have bears. you seen their dis, dis, disposition? They're like a very savage, horrible animal. Okay, well, they're <laughs> cute. They look cute. Come on. I guess, yeah. Mm. We're now in that part of the show where it's never going to end because people keep giving $5 super oh, chats. Okay. Uh, OG fan of you guys. This is Han W. OG fan, always giving me different perspectives, and I thank you guys for that. So when are you coming to... Australia. Um, definitely coming. Definitely yeah. coming to Australia. It's just one of those things. Um, we are hopefully going to be going pretty much wherever we can. Yeah. It's all on the cards. Uh, we have so much on our plate at the moment because not only are we doing the um, ADV China stuff, you know, which means we get to travel. That's that's our travel mm-hmm. outlet. Um, we're, we're still working through some backlog mm-hmm. there. Uh, from coming back from Vietnam and Taiwan and stuff like that. But we also do our own separate channels. Yep. Um, we help out with our wives' channels, mm-hmm. and we've started a new big project, which is under wraps for now. Yeah, we, so don't, we're, we don't like to be those people like, get ready for yeah, that. You know? No, it, it's going to come out when, when it's ready. Yes. Uh, we are so swamped with stuff that to find time to travel, because every time we travel, we have to travel for a minimum of a month At in least. order to go and film At and least. get a bunch of stuff. It's not like a quick weekend getaway. Yeah, so... Um, we're, we're building up to going to Australia, Europe, but India's first on the list. Yes. Um, you know, we've got a lot of places to go. But we'll, As we'll you guys probably there. know, because we say this every episode. Yeah, we'll Thank get you. there. We'll get there. All right. Dennis Demenis, what do you think of Donald Trump in China? Or what do they think of Donald Trump in China? We, we, we answered that last week. Um, they, they're indifferent right now. They probably hate him a little bit more in the they beginning. Used they, like him. Him. Yeah. Yeah, they used to like him. Yeah. They used to love him. Not anymore. All right. Laser, $5. Wife is Chinese and we live in the U.S., she gets lots of news through WeChat, etc. Can you suggest more di- diverse news sources that I can introduce her to? Ooh, in Chinese? Tough. In Chinese, yeah. I well, mean, I mean, there's plenty of Chinese language. I would I would read Taiwan, a lot of Taiwanese media in you, Hong Kong. No, you, you know what you do? It's quite simple. Is you go to any of these um, Chinese supermarkets, mm. like 99 Ranch mm. or, you know, like, or Korean, anything. Mm. You'll always find Chinese language newspapers. That's what I said, yeah. Okay, well, um, one one big alternative source is the Epoch Times, but that is kind of like funded by the Falun Gong, at least mm. partially. They take well, out adverts and they're allowed that's to. Fine. Okay, whatever. So you've got that and you've got every area that we've been to so far, um, all up and down the, the West Coast anyway. Mm. Kind of has their own local Chinese yeah, newspaper. Yeah. And those are fairly unbiased yeah. from the ones that we looked at. Yeah, exactly. So what I would do is um, I'd just go grab a bunch, just grab all mm. the different ones and let her read through those. And, yeah. you know, maybe it'll give her something. To stay away from China Daily. Yeah, yeah China Daily is obviously pro-CCP. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I'd do that. Yeah. All right. So we're near the end. Before we end, I just want to say two things. Well, first of all, follow us on Instagram at ADV Podcasts. I've become, I, I've sort of discovered why people, it's like an addiction. Every time we do this podcast, I get like a hundred more followers. Yeah, it's, nice. it's pretty nice. 
Uh, secondly, there is one one good comment from the chat that I want to throw your guys' way. So, uh, Bent Alex Rain Bundgard, hell of a name, says, Have you thought about asking a lawyer to protect your interest on consignment? I.e., he gets money if he wins against your harassers. Hmm. I don't know if We're that... not sue boys. No. Yeah, sewer rats. We're not sewer rats. <laughs> yeah, I've always had a problem with over, overly litig litigious people, I should say. I don't like litigation. I feel sure. like if you can't resolve your differences out in a public forum, then, you know, uh, it's kind of stupid. I mean, there are there is a reason for lawyers. Yeah, absolutely. But if it got to that point, then we would. You know, there are people that have broken the law who've, yeah. who've harassed us. Yes, that's true. Who have, you that's know, very true, not only things like libel yeah. and uh, and you know, doing all sorts of horrible things to smear our names. But people that have actually harassed our family... I don't want to get into it because then it just promotes their yeah, behavior. It, it's, it's one of those things where if you start bringing this up and you're like, hey, I'm going to sue this guy, I'm going to sue that guy... Mm -hmm. You start a war. You start a war, people are like, oh, yeah, we really got to this guy, so yeah. let's do it more. Let's, let's phone his grandmother on a Sunday night and mm -hmm. say there's a bomb in her kitchen. Right. You know, and they're going to start doing that. Yeah. So rather than start that, we just ignore all this bullshit. You have right. no idea how much crap that's thrown at us every single day of the week because the Chinese nationalists are so motivated yeah. to bring us down. Right. They are literally, they've got the state telling them to do so. They've got weird wackos on the yep. internet telling them to do they so. They've got their own sub forums that these, are password protected so you can't see what they're talking about. They've got about. groups online we telling them groups. to do so. They've got forums, everything that's basically, how can we bring these guys down? Right. The, the, this is the information about his wife. This is where his wife works. This is where his uh, you know, father is. This is where his mother is. This is where he lives. This is his school he went to. This is this. Okay, these are the numbers. These are the email addresses. Do what you can. Harass. Let's do it. Let's go stalk them. We've got this crap all the time. So as soon as you start engaging with these these pieces of crap. I'm making videos about it. Yeah, then they start to win because then they're like, oh, it's working. And then they, they'll dig in harder. Right. So... You know, we've got, it makes me feel very important, by the way, to have the whole of China think that my opinion is that important. Well, you know, the whole of the CCP or whatever it yeah, is. Yeah, there you go. Think that uh, my opinion is that important that they have to dedicate national resources and everybody's computer time to trying to take me down. Well, look at what kind of people they prop up to be their spokesman. Yeah, exactly. Um, but it does make me feel important. Nice. It's pretty cool. I obviously have a lot of sway. Nice. So do you, if yeah. they're going to attack us this much. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's why we don't sue. So, <laughs> Does it make sense? Let's wrap cool. this up. Yeah, we better wrap this up. Well, first off, I want to say thank you very much. It's always heavy on the ADV podcast. Mm. We like to throw little bits of uplifting news, kind of like the, uh, what was the the fun thing today? Let's, let's end on the, oh, the, um, the, the, marriage. The, the marriage thing. 23 marriages for free houses. Now, that's hilarious. <laughs> um, next week, we're going to really dive into how CCTV and CGTN are claiming our content. And we're also going to give the breaking news mm -hmm. of you got to understand China guy. If you guys are old followers, you'll understand what we're talking about. Yeah. Um, really heavy stuff on that front. But thank you so much. If you guys haven't, please subscribe. Mm -hmm. And thank you to everyone that helps support through Super Chats and questions in general because we're demonetized. So yeah, thank you are. very much. We appreciate everything you guys do and for, like I said, for the support. And stick around because, as you know, through our various other channels, we've got a lot of content coming your way. We never stop. We're not going to stop. We can't wait to see you in the next video. So until then, as always, unlike doxing scumbags, stay awesome. <laughs>